Because it's time for high school football on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and online, online. at WBVI.com. Online now. High school football is brought to you by Frickers, Warner Automotive, Blanchard Valley Health System, by Rotor Rooter, Big B Coffee, Iron Workers Local 55, by Harold Floriana Funeral Hall, Northwestern Water and Sewer District, Wilson Tire, by Grit, MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank, by Morgan Advanced Materials, Financial Design Insurance Agency, Snyder's Flooring Outlet, by Ohio Automotive Supply, Seneca Millwork, and by the Ropey Corporation. Hang on, it's time to go to the booth for all the action. Right here on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and online. Let's do it. At WBVI.com. to Mohawk High School Year Sign Race Special Thursday night edition of High School Football. Tonight we have the Tiffin Calvert Senecas taking on the Mohawk Warriors. Calvert comes from the Sandusky Bay Conference River Division. Mohawk hails, of course, from the Northern 10 Athletic Conference. These teams played on Thursday to open up the 2022 season as well. Calvert came out on top in that one by a score of 26 to 9. This is SBC Football on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. Lance Morris, Matt Common with you for tonight's matchup between Calvert and Mohawk. And Matt, as you love to point out, a good old-fashioned rivalry matchup here to open up week one of high school football on a Thursday night. What are you looking forward to seeing here tonight? Oh, well, first of all, I'm just excited to, you know, be back. <laughs> Football season is back. We are back to high school football once again here on Tri-County Broadcasting Classic Hits, WBVI 96.7. And this is a good one to start with. I mean, this is, like you said, an old MAL matchup. Mohawk versus Calvert, kind of one of those uh, good old grudge matches. You can kind of throw the records out the window, kind of throw the rosters out the window. Someone's going to win, and they're probably going to come out of here with a lot of bruises to do so. <laughs> it's going to be a good knockdown drag out. The rain has mercifully let up. At this stage, I mean, it was for now. Uh, yeah, for now, for now. I mean, it, it was kind of, kind of looking a little touch and go there, driving in. But that actually could help Calvert, as we've been talking with some of our, some of our uh, esteemed journalists out here, in particular uh, Josh Morgan. He, uh, he alluded pretty cut and dry that Calvert wants to run the ball this year, and they're going to want to run it in bunches. So, really not surprised we have someone like Jacob Romback in your backfield that you want to capitalize on that. Yeah, of course, uh, two-headed monster in Jacob Romback and Cal Warnament, same guys that had a majority of their carries a season ago. Also got John Schumacher, who always typically a DB, but they list him as a running back this year, so maybe we see him get some touches. I know he's a, one of their better athletes as well, so it could be interesting to see what they do with him. But for Calvert, of course, it all gets started with their quarterback, Harry Schultz, now in his third year starting. We actually watched his very first start a couple years ago right here at Mohawk, a game that was very much a struggle for Calvert, and this time around they're hoping for some different results. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a struggle. It, he, No surprise, because he was first start. He was a very young kid. He was replacing a very talented roster from the year prior, so there was a lot of maybe unnecessary expectations put on him. But at this stage of the game, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's run the offense for two years now. He's going to be in his third year. And he's got a great backfield behind him to help out. So I really expect to see some good things from Schultz this year. And it's interesting to me for another standpoint, this is already when he coached Reese's sixth year at Calvert. It feels like he just got there. 
It really does feel like like I I forget that that he's on his sixth year now at Calvert. I mean, I always joke saying like I feel like I've been here forever, and it seems like only yesterday. But uh, my goodness, for Coach Reeser, it really does feel like he just came into Calvert. But really, the same by the same token. He's really kind of had to deal with, like, three different types of teams. I mean, he took over the players that were left from the previous coaching staff with uh, Coach Fox and kind of so had he, some – He got the – I think he had the very end of Austin Jones, right? He did have the end of Austin Jones. So, I mean, he, he kind of had to change what his style was for the first two or three years. And this is finally seeing Calvert as Coach Reeser wants to run it, a power-running team complimentary football with the passing game but really it, it's he kind of wants to take it back to some old school Calvert I mean Calvert's been known for years as one of those teams that runs the ball gets after it no surprise here that we're going to see more of that from coach Reeser and on the flip side for Mohawk I mean we kind of saw them you know struggling to find an identity especially at the start of last year they were kind of undecided on who their quarterback was going to be Ben Bogner eventually stepped in and fulfilled that role. He kind of did in the latter parts of that week one game against Calvert last year, but his it is definitely his team now, and he still has, you know, a couple cogs to replace Zayden Fry, the biggest of them. So it'll still be an adjustment period, but this is the first time in, you know, a few years that Mohawk knows for sure who their guy is at quarterback. Yeah, and it's been a while. I mean, it really has been a while. Even those years where they were impressive, even that number one seed year, they didn't really know until about week two who their starting QB was. It really ended up being the running game that carried that particular version of Mohawk football. But, you know, I, I actually like Bogdan. I really do. I think he's someone that can develop into a special player for this Mohawk squad. But the real question is, are they going to have the pieces parts around him? I mean, that's been the question last year. That was the question kind of the year before. You had Zayden Fry kind of carrying everything for this team over the past few years. So can Bogner develop? I think he has a tool set to do it. I think he has a skill level to do it. He has, certainly has a smarts. He certainly has a smarts to do it. He's a very smart football player. But um, it, it depends on his supporting cast, 100%. And not only that, Mohawk, I think those are some new uniforms they're rocking with tonight. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> Hold on, I got to give my official assessment. <laughs> You know, those are some mighty fine uniforms. Those are some mighty, would you, would you mighty like to describe them, or should I? Well, you know, you always do such a good job, like during basketball and during baseball. I'm going to let you do it. Go ahead. So Mohawk, they have all matte black helmets with the warrior spear on. Looks like the left side. Well, yeah, just the left side of their helmets, and they have white numbers. They have warriors on the back in the last name spot in red with the white number. So always, always love when you can work the con contrasting colors in there because you get to see name, even though it just says warriors, you get that on the back and then the warrior, the numbers in big, bright white. I mean, we always love when we can see the numbers very clearly. Well, and let's just also be honest here. Calvert had some cool looking uniforms back in the day, but the numbers, you just couldn't see them at a certain point. Very true. And I was just going to say as well, <laughs> fact of the matter is, you and I love matte black helmets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we just do. When you, can, when you can have black as a primary color, I mean, it just works. It, it's a statement. It's definitely a statement. Calvert won the toss, and they said, we want the ball. We want to get things rolling early. I agree with that. If you're going to be a run-heavy team, if you're going to be a ground-and-pound team, might as well start with the ball, get this thing going. 
And we have our first kickoff of the season, but it'll go right past the running receiver for Calvert. And Billy Klaus, who is back there closest to that one, so it'll go through the end zone for the touchback, and Calvert will get things started here on the offensive side. You know, Billy Klaus, talking about him from a receiving standpoint, he's one of the guys that makes me confident in what Harry Schultz can do this season. So Calvert getting set first and ten from the 20 coming up here. I was just going to say, Calvert moving from left to right here, AMF up dial. That is one of your staples. It is. I like it. It, it visualizes it for the listener. Calvert will have two receivers out to each side in the gun. Schultz will hand it off a warnament on the first carry of the season for the Senecas as he'll get about a three-yard run on that first down handoff. Uh, definitely a good run there. Uh, I'm not sure if I want Warderman being the guy going up the gut, but it's a good misdirection having him as more of an outside runner. Cut it up inside. Nice three, four-yard game. The second down coming up for Calvert. The second down in six for the Senecas. Well, the split back look in the gun this time. One receiver to the left, two out to the right. Schultz in the gun for the Senecas. They'll hand it off. That'll be round back on the carry as he'll run through one defender. And we brought down just past the 30, out to the 31 for a first down for Calvert. One of the things you got to pay attention to on this Calvert squad this year is the offensive line. They do have a single senior uh, with Lucas Recker on the offensive line, but a lot of the youth, in particular the right side, Connor Moyer and Cam Boyer, both sophomores. I wonder if there's a relation. <laughs> but that you really want to pay attention to them. They just ran that to the right side, and they blocked it beautifully. Kristen Sen for Calvert from the 31. Just about a minute into this one, opening night here of high school football. You hand off right up the middle. Warnerman again. This time he'll get out to about the 35 for a gain of four. And I like what we're seeing from Mohawk defensively where they're trying to be a little bit more aggressive knowing it's going to be a run-heavy game. Flip side of that, Calvert's doing a great job using that aggressiveness to their advantage, making some lanes open up, letting Warnament make a one-cut and get upfield. Second and four coming up for Calvert. Just past the 35-yard line, 10-15 left to go here. Opening corner, still scoreless here in Mohawk. Two receivers to the left, one out to the right. Split back, look in the gun for Harry Schultz. He'll take the snap, he'll go back to throw. He's looking right down the middle for Klaus. That is caught by Klaus on a big gain right through two defenders as he gets into Mohawk territory out to the 35. Nice catch, nice pass. Don't ever do it again because that went through the hands of their defensive back. That is that was close. That is the definition of threading the needle. Yeah, no, that is making the needle, then making the thread, then threading the needle. That, that, that is as close as it could get. First and 10 now for Calvert from the Mohawk 35, 9.35 left to go here first quarter on the Ropey Corporation scoreboard. We'll see trips to the left side this time. So I'll hand it off to Warnament right up the middle. A big head of steam. So have plenty for a first down as he's brought down just past the 25. And honestly, this Calvert offensive line, even though they may not have the age on their side, they've got the size and they've got the speed. They are just bullying that Mohawk defensive line. 
If they're going to be able to consistently be able to run and pass, whew, look out. You, you may have yourself a season if you can do that. Another first down for Calvert. First and 10 from their 24. Under nine minutes left to go here first quarter. They'll hand it off to Jacob Rombach right up the middle. He'll be tackled pretty quickly that time, and he'll still get out to about the 18. And worth knowing, Caleb Bish on that one. Really nice tackle. You have a power runner like Rombach. He went low, wrapped up around the legs, and just picked up. That's phenomenally executed. Only problem is about six yards downfield. They really got to stop that initial push from Calvert. It'll be second down and four now for Calvert from the Mohawk 18-yard line. Just one receiver out to each side. Slip back, look in the gun again. They'll hand it off this time. The left side for Rombach. He'll try to cut up field. He'll finally be shoved out of bounds and maybe lost a yard as he tried to get to the edge that time. But that time, a good defensive play by Mohawk to stop him from getting to the outside quickly. Yeah, and it was no secret how they did that. They were able to do that because the defensive end on the backside maintained his edge. So he had the edge contained. Didn't give Rombach really any room to run. Kind of watched him banana like he was running, running to first base, excuse me. Um, and that's just great defense. Just great defense there by Mohawk. Third and 10 now for Calvert. 8-10 left to go. Still scoreless here. Quarter number one. Two receivers out to the right side. One to the left. Rombach fakes the handoff. Now they'll fling it to Klaus on the far side. But he was starting to run before he brought that in. So it'll be incomplete. And just like that, now we're going to be on fourth down now for Calvert. Yeah, that's exactly what happened there. I, I couldn't have set up better myself. He started running without the ball. You, you can't do that. You just can't. Now Calvert's in a very difficult position. Because you're, you're in no man's land at this point. Yeah, and you want to run the ball still, but you have a nine-yard play in your repertoire. So be fourth and nine for Calvert from the Mohawk 25 with 8 5 to go in the first quarter. We'll see trips to the right side. Schultz, he'll pump fake, he'll look to throw. Escapes to his left, and now he'll be brought in there. And I somehow able to get away from a defender. Don't know if he got to the first down marker or not, as it looks like they're going to mark him about a yard or so short. But good job from Schultz to extend that play out of nothing, but still going to end up being a turnover on downs, giving the ball back to Mohawk with 7.54 to go in the first quarter. Uh, the killer part about that, had Schultz made that decision about two seconds earlier, the end had given up the contain. He had a big land. So now we'll flip over to Mohawk with the ball. 7.54 left to go here first quarter. We remain scoreless first half today. Brought to you by Morgan Advanced Materials. Making some pretty pretty cool stuff and hiring now. Go to morganadvancedmaterials.com to learn more and apply. It'll be first and 10 for Mohawk from the 15. They'll be in the gun as well with Bogner. Be a QB keeper all the way left side by design. They'll get out just shy of the 25-yard line on the keeper from Bogner for a big gain on first down. And I really expect to see a lot of Bogner, excuse me, uh, just QB keeper, just tuck and run. He's a very athletic kid. They don't necessarily know what they have around him skill position-wise. If he doesn't get that first read or doesn't get that clean look on an RPO, just take off and run. Taking on in two from the 25. Quick hit throw, far side. Will be completed. First down a little more. They'll finally be brought down to about the 30. So that'll be the first Mohawk first down of the night with 7.16 to go in the first quarter. 
And, you know, we talked about Mohawk showing good tackling on that last drive. Two plays in a row, a little bit of rough tackling from Calvert, not really wrapping the way they should on those types of plays. That, that should have been stopped for short of the first down, but they ended up picking it up. First and ten for Mohawk from the 29-yard line with seven minutes to go in the first quarter. Still scoreless here in Mohawk. Bogner going to roll to his left. That'll be caught. And almost getting away, losing the football as Rombach in on the stop for Calvert as that was Caleb Bish on the ground for Mohawk. Yeah, and Bish is honestly one of those people that we're expecting to see a lot of with this Mohawk team. I mean, he, he was one of their, I don't want necessarily a key player, but he was an important role player last year. Now stepping into that starting role big time, I really think he's someone that we should pay attention to. First and 10 for Mohawk from their own 40-yard line. 6.35 left to go here. Quarter number one will remain scoreless here in this Thursday night affair. The QB keeper briefly for Bogan before he hands it off, and Mulholland will be hit pretty quickly after a gain of about one. I like it. That just didn't work. <laughs> that was a good play. I, I liked it just that. It's not going to work against this defense. Bring up second down and nine for Mohawk. 6-10 left to go here in first quarter. Your 0-0 is your score on the Ropey Corporation scoreboard celebrating over 60 years as a leading manufacturer in the commercial flooring industry as the sun starts to appear as well. I was looking for a rainbow as well, I'll be honest. Naturally. Bogner going to roll to his right on the second down and nine play. He'll look to throw. That's going to be caught. Another reception by Bish as he gets into Calvert territory. He'll be shoved out of bounds right before the 45-yard line. Mohawk a passing team? Stranger things have happened. That is true, like the sun coming out today. <laughs> also very true. I did not true. think that was going to happen. So now each team has gotten a little bit of offense going at least past midfield for both sides. Still yet to see points on the board for either squad. Definitely a week one feel for both of these offenses. First and 10 for Mohawk from the Calvert, 46. Two receivers left, one to the right. Bogner, QB keeper by design. He's going to be hit immediately and brought backwards as Carter Wolf first on the scene that time for Calvert. Yeah, great play there by Wolf. Absolutely great play. I, I liked what he did there. He kept the outside. He knew it was going to be a run. He was able to force Bogner back inside a little bit and still able to wrap up and bring him down. Good job. Looks like about the entire Hopewell Loudon football team is also settling in for this one. They play Mohawk next I, week. I wonder why. <laughs> Second down and 10 now for Mohawk. We'll see three receivers to the left side, one out to the right. And we're going to have this one. Or no, we'll be keep going, but we'll have a flag on the near side as it was a QB keeper from Bogner who gets out to the 40-yard line for about a game of six. But did see a flag right as that play started. Yeah, I'll say, I think they got an illegal formation there. Uh, actually, false start, excuse me. It was a false start. Why did the play keep going? Isn't that blown down the Because I said the wrong thing. It was a legal procedure. It's week one for us, too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'll make it now second yeah. and long for Mohawk. But, but yes, Lance, it's a brand new rule. Apparently, you can still run the play on false start. 
425 left to go here. First corner still scoreless between Mohawk and Calvert on Classic. It's 96-7 WBVI. Mohawk with possession back to midfield after the, after the penalty. Logan and Garol slightly to his left. Come back across the middle. Just incomplete as he was looking for Kane Hammond to hit the home run instead of to bring up a third long. If I'm Mohawk, I do not throw that play out. That is going to be open at some point later on this game. They're going to have to try and set it up a little bit better. Definitely going to need a little bit better blocking from the front. But he had his man beat. Definitely hold on to that play. Pay attention to it. It would not surprise me to see them go back to it at some point. Third and 15 for Mohawk. Back on their own side of the 50. 11 left to go here in the quarter. Two receivers to each side. Bogan are going to roll to his left. He'll look to throw. Looking down the middle. Still has some time. Now he'll be shoved out of bounds by a couple Calvert defenders after a gain of about three. Warnament on the tackle for Calvert. So to bring up fourth and long. Like kind of the same situation there as Schultz on the previous drive. I would like to see Bogner commit to that a little bit earlier. Probably would have a little bit more room to work with at that stage. But good defense there by Calvert. Fourth and 12 for Mohawk. They're just barely into Calvert territory. Looks like the offense is going to stay on the field. No risk it, no biscuit. So now Bogner to stick a few steps back and then will punt it away. Calvert will let it bounce and it'll just barely bounce into the end zone for the touchback with 3.56. All have to go first quarter. We're still scoreless here in Mohawk. One less bounce. And we're talking about a coffin corner quick hit. That would have been impressive. Okay, first sideline infraction warning of the season. So now we'll get the Calvert offense back on the field as each team has had a chance on the offensive side. And we've seen one turnover on downs and then one punt by Mohawk. You know, in the early stages right now, uh, Josh Morgret suggested a 28-14 to 14 final score. Oh, we're going to see the offense pick up a little bit for both these teams, if that's going to hold true. Like you said, it is week one. It is week one. Definitely favors defenses in week ones. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 20. They'll hand it off. Not too much doing that time. I think that time it was... Schumacher on the carry for Calvert, but not much doing as it'll be a no game. Yeah, I'll say I'm pretty sure that was Schumacher. Or Shoemaker, excuse me. Um, it is Schumacher. Is it Schumacher? Yeah. There is a Shoemaker and there is a Schumacher. That's going to get confusing as the season goes on. Well, I think just in general. I don't think uh, I don't think AJ's playing football this year. I think he's golfing. Oh, oh okay. Well, that makes it better. <laughs> he's a good golfer. Be second down and 10 for Calvert again from their own 20 with 3.15 to go in the opening quarter. Schultz will drop back. He'll look to throw. He's looking for the heave. That is incomplete. If anything, it would have been intercepted as he was looking for round back that time. And it was good coverage that time by Mohawk. I think that was Bish once again. I was going to say, I couldn't tell what. It might have been Frisch. I think it was Braxton Frisch. Could have been as well. I think it was number 20. We're going to go with that. That was good coverage all the same. So they bring up a third and 10 for Calvert, but there was a there was a penalty on the play, but 
was declined. Yeah, they did have Calvert with an ineligible man downfield. And, yeah, it's all fine and good to have them run the play again. But with how deep they are in their own territory, I'd rather just take the loss of down and think that your defense can hold them. Third and ten now for Calvert from their own 23-07. Left to go here opening quarter. We're still scoreless here in Sycamore. We'll see two receivers out to each side. Schultz going to roll to his left. He'll look to throw, and that is going to be incomplete as he kind of had that in between both of his receivers and Klaus and Romback as that'll bring the Calvert punting unit out for the first time. Kind of had it in between both of his hands, too. It definitely seemed to lose his grip on that one as he was winding back. Of course, even though the rain has subsided, still, still going to be wet down there. I'm sure the ball still gets wet, especially when there's incompletions and all that. Well, yeah, and at the end of the day, it's been raining most of the day. This is the primary field for Mohawks, so even some of the rainier days, th this field's probably good muddy and good saturated down there. Come back, we'll go back to punt it away for Calvert. Heyman back to return it. And it'll go out of bounds, right at about the 38-yard line. So as we saw last year, another good punt from Romback as Mohawk now will regain possession with 2.55 left to go. First quarter still scoreless here between Mohawk and Calvert. A very understated how good of a punter he actually is. I mean, he does a good job with it, gets some good leg behind it. But the thing that impresses me, uh, just remembering from last season as well, really good on the touch yeah. as well. I mean, he's able to place them pretty well. So we Mohawk ball. They do start with some pretty good field position at about, looks like, the 39. See two receivers out to the right side. Left side this time for the Warriors. Just one back in the backfield with Boger in the gun. He'll hand that one off to Mahalan, but he's going to be hit immediately. And forward progress will just get him a yard. Mahalan's one of them big, lumbering, nasty running backs that you just love in this type of environment and this type of game as well. Only problem is this Calvert defense seems pretty fast for their size, and they seem to be closing those lanes in a hurry. Worth noting as well, though, while we have a moment with the weather being good, the wind has picked up a little bit, too, and it is going almost due west to east. So right now, Mohawk has the wind to their back. Wouldn't surprise me to see them trying to open it up in the passing game here. Second and nine for Mohawk. Two receivers each side. Bogner looking to throw down the middle. That is incomplete. As was intended for Caleb Bish, but good closeout that time by Klaus and the defensive secondary for Calvert to make sure that was incomplete. If the size of those two players were reversed, Bish is still running with yeah. that ball. <laughs> you see, you got Bish listed at 5'11", Klaus 6'2", so a little, little discrepancy. Yeah, but Klaus is a meaty 6'2". I mean, he's a big wide receiver. Third and nine for Mohawk, 208 to go first corner. Still scoreless here between Mohawk and Calvert. Two receivers right side, one out to the left. They'll fake the give, Bogner. Rose to his right, so has some time. Now avoids some pressure, throws it away, and he will be able to do so without it being ruled intentional grounding as he was, in fact, out of the pocket, but that does bring up fourth down. Really good job there. Really good job by Bokner. He had lost his momentum, lost his timing on it, had the pressure coming, was already outside the tackle box, just throw it away and get done with it. 
hunting unit will come out of the field this time for Mohawk as we get down to two minutes remaining in this first quarter of action. That's your score, of course, with 0-0 on the Rookie Corporation scoreboard, celebrating over 60 years as leading manufacturer in the commercial flooring industry. Back to punt it away will be Mohawk. Will be returnable for Calvert as they'll get just outside and at about the 43 is when the returner, Jameson Godfrey, was shoved out of bounds. But I think we, did we see a flag out there at some point? Uh, no, possession. Not just the possession change. Okay. He has two on his person, so I understand why everyone up here was a little confused. He, so for, for those of you at home, the officials, they have, at least the high school level, two things. The yellow penalty flag and an orange bean baggie that's used to throw where it's the start of a drive. So once a possession is changed, so like on a punt return or a kick return or things of that nature, for some reason the back judge has two of them. <laughs> First and send for Calvert. Good field position to start this drive at their own 43. And we get a neutral zone infraction as Mulholland hit the by Cameron Bagnett to uh, make sure he got the penalty. Just a little bit of acting. Just a well, that's just what you're, that's you're taught as an offensive lineman. If someone goes in the neutral zone, and especially if they do make contact, make sure you sell it. I mean, you sell it by hitting them back, not falling down. Well, there are two ways to do it. First and five for Calvert as they'll go right up the middle on the handoff. Not much doing as gain about two yards on the carry that time. I'm a little confused as to why Calvert has gone away from those runs to the right side. I mean, they got some good momentum on that opening drive with them going behind the Moyer brothers. Are you implying they should run to the short side of the field? No, I'm saying you should get to the far side and then run to the right side. I just want to make sure I I'm never imply right I just to want to, I just want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. The second down and three for Calvert with 110 left to go in the first quarter. Trips to the left side. Schultz will pump fake once and twice and then throws. And that will be caught on the far side. Schumacher on the reception for Calvert as he'll get into Mohawk territory at the 35. Yeah, really nice catch there. I don't necessarily like that he stopped his route, and that's why Schultz kind of had to pump fake a few times. But good, clean throw. Kind of impressive, good, clean throw into the wind as well. So a nice first down, nice gain for Calvert. First and 10 for Calvert from the Mohawk 35, down to 45 seconds remaining in quarter number one. See two receivers out to the right side. They'll hand it off left side. That's a warning on the grab. And first and 10 and then a little more as he's finally shoved out of bounds. Right at about the 20. So nice little run that time for Warnament. You definitely can see that they want to lean on Warnament as the lightning to Rombach's thunder. So good decision there running it with him. Nice one-step zone style cut. Really look good. Nice run there by Warnament. First and 10 for Calvert from the Mohawk. 20, 20 seconds remain in this corner. So presumably will be the final play of this quarter. Two receivers out to the left, one out to the right, and Klaus for Calvert. Schultz in the gun, he'll take it. He'll hand it off, Warnament left side carry yet again. Same play design, another first down and a touch more. Finally gonna be shoved out of bounds 
right at about the eight yard line is that'll do it here for the first quarter of action. We're still scoreless, but Calvert is inching closer and closer to their first points of the game. So we'll go ahead, step aside for a quick timeout, come back for the start of the second quarter. You're listening to High School Football and Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. Due to substantial growth at Morgan Advanced Materials, we're hiring and want you to join our team. If you're looking for a competitive starting wage, Morgan Advanced Materials has production operator positions starting at $19.76 an hour with the potential of up to $23.91 an hour. Join our team at Morgan Advanced Materials located in Faustoria. Call us at 419-360-9751 or head to morganadvancedmaterials.com to launch a career that strives to make this world a better place. NWO has news. We are excited to announce the newest addition to the NWO family. Dr. Ryan Tran is a local who was raised in the area, trained by the Cleveland Clinic, and has returned to his hometown to care for your whole family, just like he does his own. Dr. Tran is now accepting new patients of all ages in our Tiffin office. Make your appointment today to experience the benefits of family care by a hometown professional. There's only one place to go. NWO. We are getting ready to start quarter number two here from Mohawk, your site for today's Thursday night action for week number one. Calvert taking on Mohawk Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you, Classic Hits 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. Still scoreless after one quarter, but Calvert is now in a first and goal situation from the nine coming up as we are about to start the second quarter, Matt. Yeah, and Calvert did it with some really good running. I mean, you know that Coach Reeser wanted this to be a run-heavy team. And so far, we've been seeing that. They've really tried to commit to the run. And with some runs by Nick Warner, or not Nick Warner, my apologies, that's his older brother. <laughs> I'm an old man. I sometimes mix them up. But with some nice runs by Warnament, singular, not plural on this team, uh, they were able to get in some good field position. Also had that nice pass by Schultz. Now they have the wind to their backs. They might try and open it up here. First and goal from the nine for Calvert. They'll hand it off on the delayed handoff, and had they given it to Romback on the initial handoff, might have been pay dirt, but they hand it to Warnament instead, and he stopped for a no game. Yeah, Derek Dickman, the defensive lineman, he just read that like a book. Uh, that was phenomenally read by him. You, you could see that Calvert wanted to try to do that good old-fashioned misdirection with the handoff to the other side then have them go back around for the counter. Dickman wasn't confused at all on that. Great play on his part. Second down and goal for Coward as they drop back to the 13 after that misdirection on the first play. They'll hand it off left side. It'll be Warnament. They'll try and get away from one defender and does and cuts it back inside as he'll be just shy of getting into the end zone on that run. Good call by the officials saying he wasn't in. That was close. Great effort. He hit the pylon, but he was already down at that one-yard line. Good decision by the officials to not call that touchdown. But if you're Calvert, let Warnerman finish it. Third goal from the one for Calvert. 11-13 remaining in the first half of action. Calvert trying to get the first points of the game on this board. See receivers out to each side. Schultz will be in the gun. Couple backs offset. They'll hand it off. Left side. And 
and into the end zone for the touchdown will be Tiffin Calvert as they will get their first points on the board of the season on the one-yard run. Yeah, nice run, kind of predictable. You kind of had a feeling they were going to go with it, but still great run, good execution, and I like the extra effort on the tail end of that to lunge forward, get over the goal line, make sure you walk away with six points. It looks like Cameron Lucius will be the kicker this season for Calvert. Kick is up. And it is up and through. So it wasn't the most powerful kick, but when it goes through, you'll take it. Uh, you know what? As long as it works. It's only weird if it doesn't work. <laughs> That's the way it usually is said. But good drive there by Calvert. Very good drive. If you're Mohawk, some things that you like. There's some things that you saw out there that you like. I mean, the defensive play by Dickman makes you feel pretty good that you are not going to get fooled by some misdirections. By the same token, you've got to find an answer to the size on the outsides for Calvert because they're able to get that zone blocking scheme. One cut, Warnerman able to pick up seven, eight yards a pop. That's just not going to do it for you. you, you got to find some way. Maybe attack from the outside a little bit more. Force Warnerman back inside. But they, they got to come up with something. Otherwise, you're going to see a lot more of that throughout this game. Well, not only that, the fact that they have had already some good runs by both Warnerman and Rombach. I mean, you got two guys. I mean, Schumacher's gotten a couple as well. So, I mean, you have that many guys that are able to run the ball as efficiently as they can behind this line. Going to be tough sledding for Mohawk. Well, it'll be tough sledding for anybody. I mean, it's really, at the end of the day, you've got to focus on stopping at least one of them. So if they make the focus stopping Rombeck, that's fine. But then you have to be prepared with a counterpunch when Warnament does his zone-style running. You have to come up with a response to that. As Calvert will kick it away. It looks like they, looks like they got it. Calvert saying they have it. It's at the 35. They're celebrating like they got it. Still have yet to have an official signal. And they, in fact, do have it as Calvert just went with the, not a true intent, true onside kick, just kind of a little line drive, kick it off somebody, hope you get a good bounce, and they got a good bounce. Exactly as they drew it up. <laughs> At least that's what the coaches will say tomorrow in film. A great call. I love that they tried to do something like that early in this game, still early in the second quarter. Especially because you know, regardless, Mohawk gets the ball to start the second half. Exactly. You, you might as well take advantage of it. Try and see if you can catch them off guard, and in that moment, they did. So now they'll start with a short field at the Mohawk 35 to look to add on to their 7-0 lead early on in the second quarter. To be a fake, and Schultz will keep it this time as he looks for a hole and gets a hole. So he'll be stopped right after he got a first down as he get out to about the 24. Schultz channeling his inner Tyler Long there. <laughs> Gonna say he's not the fastest player, but he was able to follow his blockers and get into the hole. Now, I don't think anyone would say that was graceful by any means. It did not look that fluid and smooth. But you know what? It was a good run, good read by Schultz's part. And what I liked most about that, he waited for the blocks to develop. He did not sit there and just try and push for it. He let a lane open up, and then he attacked. First and 10 for Calvert from the Mohawk 24, 10-23 to go in the first half. 
as this one's gonna be blown dead right after the play started for the false starts. So that one was a false start. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Did they run the play? No. Then it must have been a false start. See, we're back up to speed. Back up to speed already. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> but speaking of, tomorrow night, we'll go our separate ways for different games. I'll have Carey against Topo Loudon, and you will have Fostoria against Van Buren. Yeah, that's true. The, the band's breaking up again. At least until volleyball. Then we're back together. First and 15 now for Calvert after the fall start. They'll look to throw on the far side. And that is intercepted. Looks like Caleb Bish back there that time for Mohawk. And that was a big takeaway. And yes, in fact, it was Caleb Bish. So just as Calvert got a big play, Mohawk gets one right back with the pick. And you know what? I said they have the wind to their back. They might try and capitalize on it. You tried. It didn't work. Schultz doesn't have that good of a grip on the ball as he's winding up right now. So either get a glove on him, something, or you're just going to have to keep running the ball because that got very underthrown. Had a good look, had a good route, just he couldn't get enough of a grip on that ball, and you just saw it sail on him. So now it'll be Mohawk ball with their going to be near their own goal line as they're back at their own four. Not a place to give up yards. Rogner in the gun, two receivers to his right, one out to the left. Be a keeper by design, right side. Gets a little bit of a wall and he's going to be shoved out of bounds at about the 10 yard line. So solid gain of about six that time, give Mohawk a little more breathing room. Yeah, good gain, but I think he just hit the nail on the head breathing room now they can start running plays that are more in line with what they want to do they don't have to run a short yardage type of situation so good play there by Bogner second down and four coming up from Mohawk 10-07 left to go here first half of action Calvert the 7-0 lead but now Mohawk with possession after the pick see one receiver to the left two out to the right Bogner in the gun again he'll fake the give Ball slightly to his left, comes back across the middle, has his man in Kane Heyman for the big gain. They'll be tackled at the 45-yard line by Carter Wolf, but that is a big hookup that time between Bogner and Heyman for Mohawk. And if you're Mohawk, you love the fact that Bogner stayed in the pocket, threw that as he was taking contact, and was able to make a great connection with Heyman. Big play there for Mohawk. First and 10 coming up for the Warriors from their own 45-yard line. 45 remaining in this first half of action. See two receivers out to the left this time. A couple of tight ends over on the left side. Boner by himself now as it looks like a little student body right play. Able to get away from one defender, keep his feet chopping, and finally going to get stopped at the 47-yard line for the game of about two or three. Student body writing plays like that, they're fun. They work sometimes. But you can't pull the backside of the offensive line to go along with it. That just left the backside of the defense wide open to make a tackle there. They did get a couple yards. Don't get me wrong, they definitely got a couple yards. But when you do student body right or left, you got to keep the backside where it's at. Second on and seven for Mohawk from their own 48. Bogren are going to roll to his left. Looks to throw, that's gonna be caught right around the first down marker that time for the Warriors. As 
That was a nice little play that time as it was Nick Goling on the ground for Mohawk. And don't look down, but Bogner gained some confidence down there as that was a good run, good crossbody throw. And it was on the money. That was a really nice throw there by Bogner. First and 10 now getting into Calvert territory at the 43-yard line for Mohawk. 8.30 left to go first half. Calvert, the 7-0 advantage, but the Warriors starting to put a little bit of a drive together. See receivers out to each side. Bogner in the gun. No fake to give. Keeps it right side. Gets off the oh. one defender with a big stiff arm. Now he'll be brought down by a couple of Senecas. He gets out to the 30-yard line for another first down, but we do see a flag on the field. I swear to mother if they call face mask on that stiff arm, because I was right at that contact point. Oh, come on. They call it holding. It's, I know it was holding, but that that was just a really good run by Bogner. It was. I really did not see a hold there at the point of contact. Oh, man. Yeah, week one. Oh, look, I, uh, is that going to be the answer to most things tonight is week one? It's going to be at least until tomorrow night. <laughs> then after that, it's just, that's eh, week two. <laughs> you can do better than that. Who can do better than that? You. Me. Yeah. I thought it sounded fine. I was pleased with it. First and 15 for Calvert, after for Mohawk rather, after the hold. Bogner going to go back, look to throw. A little screen play left side, getting away from one defender, getting back upfield. First down and some more, cutting it back upfield and getting away from another defender. Finally going to be brought down at about the 15-yard line, and that is exactly how you run a screen play. But we're going to again see a flag coming this time at the end of the run. So I'm going to try and keep my cool as I say this. Kane Heyman destroyed that defensive end on that screen block. He then proceeded to let that defensive end know how bad he beat him. So we are going to see an unsportsmanlike. Oh, wow, they're calling it against Calvert. I really thought they were going to call it on Heyman. He was jawing at him something fierce. Wow. I mean... Uh, for, to be fair, for that defense. Was it maybe something after the fact of the block that he went? It was. The Calvert I, they were jogging past. As okay, now I guess it changed. Okay, now. <laughs> so it is against Mohawk. So I was going to say, <laughs> Bogner and Heyman were making a Mohawk sandwich around the defensive end. And you could tell Heyman was talking. You could tell he was talking. So a little disappointed, takes away a lot of yards, but that was a brutal block. <laughs> I, I liked it. I, I was a fan of that block. So after all is said and done, it will be first and 10 for Mohawk, but they'll be at the 30-yard line of Calvert. Bogner keeper right up the gut. Still get a little shy of the 25 out to the 26 for the gain of four. Now the MAL may not be around anymore, but it is alive and well today with some of the hits we're seeing. I mean, you just think they obviously have started this season against each other. This is now the third straight season. They've played in basketball a handful of times in the postseason. So, I mean, these players are, for the most part, familiar with each other. Yeah, and I mean, only 10, 15 minutes down the road from each other. They know each other. Everyone around here knows each other. And these old MAL teams, the rivalries are still there. 
Second down and six for Mohawk. Mogner gonna roll to his right. And that's going to be caught as Bish will get that one in as he's shoved out of bounds. A little bit shy of the 15 out to about the 17. And that'll be another Mohawk first down with 6.35 all left to go in the first half. I'm really appreciating the development that we're seeing from Bogner as this game has gone on. He's getting a lot more comfortable rolling out of the pocket, still making the throw, not tucking and running, and he's getting some good passes in there. First and send for Mohawk at the 18-yard line of Calvert with 6.35 to go in this first half. Calvert, the 7-0 lead, but Mohawk is driving. Another keeper for Bogner, right side this time. will cut it back upfield, gets away from one man, stumbles away and into the end zone for the Mohawk touchdown with six and a half minutes to go in the first half. Great play by Bogner. Great, great play by Bogner. My goodness. That was a great run. It was that student body right play again. It almost didn't work again. But Bogner was able to break through the tackle as soon as he got through that first line of defenders. The, the only thing in front of him was real estate. Great run. Great run. Phenomenal drive from Mohawk. Great way to answer. And I think this drive started with an onside kick recovery for Calvert. They started at the four-yard line. That was a 96-yard drive. Jester will put that one up. No good, just off to the left. So it'll remain seven to six. Calvert with the lead over Mohawk. But Mohawk able to get their first points of the game on the board via a Bogner touchdown run. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. We'll come back with more. You're listening to high school football on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. Premier Bank has that good vibe banking. Visit a branch to learn how you can earn $200 by opening a new simple checking account and completing simple transactions. Visit yourpremierbank.com slash good vibes to view offer details. Member FDIC. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Back we are here to resume action. High school football action here on a Thursday night to open up week number one, Calvert. Taking on Mohawk Calvert, a one-point lead, leading now 7-6. to six, As Ben Bogner from Mohawk able to get into the end zone for the Warrior touchdown, but they were unable to get the PAT through the upright. So it'll be a one-point lead for the Seneca's. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Classic hits 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. Uh, you know I'm going to talk about the missed extra point. Don't you mock me off microphone we don't let the listeners know about that that's why i didn't say anything the harassment i received from you my goodness i was about to say something insightful about the game and you threw me off okay we'll do so after the kickoff as calvert is back to return with jameson godfrey as he gets away from the first line of defense before he's shoved out of bounds just before the 40 yard line so it'll be calvert ball with 624 left to go here in the first half as they have the one-point lead. Now, can you say what you were going to say? What I was going to say before I was so rudely, rudely interrupted. I didn't interrupt you. You made an interruption, but continue. Anyway, what I was going to say is the fact that Bogner just led a 96-yard drive. 
we were talking about is Mohawk going to find their identity at some point throughout this season? I think they may have. I think it may be running through Bogner, pass-heavy, more pass-oriented type of offense. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 25. Schultz will go back looking to throw it at is incomplete. Again, if anything, would have been intercepted as right there was Braden Chester for Mohawk. Yeah, and Klaus just cut his route short there. He just really cut his shot. Yeah, just cut it really short. I really am confused because Klaus is one of the better route runners. And worth knowing once again, Schultz is really having a hard time holding on to that ball when he winds back for his throw. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 25. Two receivers out to each side. Schultz in the gun, running back to his right. They'll hand it off this time up the middle. Not too much doing. Some of the ornaments on the carry that time for Calvert. will only get a few yards back and make it a third long. Really good tackle there by Muhammad. Read it nicely. Followed the guard that was pulling towards play side. I was able to bring him down. That, that was textbook defense from Mohawk. And I got to tell you, maybe it's just me, but the momentum really seems to have swung towards Mohawk right now. Sure feels that way at the moment. Which is pretty dangerous for Calvert. If they don't get something on this drive here, Mohawk could get another drive, and they get the ball to start the second half. Third down and nine for Calvert. Schultz will give that one off, but going to be hit immediately for a loss. As that was a great stop that time. Garrett Reinhardt first on the scene from Mohawk. Calvert off the punt. I, I'm floored by what we're seeing. I mean, Calvert is one of those teams that has been a presumptive favorite going into this season for their conference. And right now, Mohawk does honestly seem like the better team, at least tonight. I mean, we'll see as the season progresses, but my goodness, right now, Mohawk, they seem to have found an answer for anything that Calvert throws at them. Well, Mack will go back to punt this one away for Calvert. So that's going to be a bit of a shorter kick than you're used to seeing from Roundback as it goes out of bounds at right about the 40. Giving him, I think, a little more credit, but it's going to be around the 40 yard line regardless. But that's going to be the more good field position to start this one off for Mohawk as they trail 7 to 6 with 4.47 left to go in the first half. And something's wrong with Bish. He is favoring his left leg a little bit, kind of hopping around. Maybe he got like stepped on with his foot or something like that. But definitely, he was feeling it for a moment there. We'll, we'll see if he stays out there. It looks like he's going to but he'd be a big loss if they lose him for any amount of time in this game. First and 10 now for Mohawk. Ball's on their own 44-yard line. Two receivers to the left. Bender all by himself in the gun. The keeper by design, so will go straight ahead. Carter Wolf first on the scene for Calvert. It'll be a game about three for Mohawk. I kind of feel that was a bit of a heat check in football. Empty the backfield, just let Bogner take it himself. The offense has been doing good. That was a very good drive they just had a moment ago. Hey, you ain't at an empty backfield just yet. <laughs> you got, have some extra blockers there. The, the Calvert defensive line is still massive. Second out and seven for Mohawk from their own 47. 
Quick hitter, far side as Bogner gets it on the outside, and Heyman will get away from a defender briefly before he gets into Calvert territory. He'll be stopped at the 48, so it'll make it third and uh, fairly manageable now for Mohawk with four minutes to go in the half. Another nice catch and run from Kane Heyman. I really like what we're seeing out of him. Definitely love his blocking. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his blocking. But he also is really good once he gets the ball in his hands. Third down and three for Mohawk from the Calvert side of the 49. 340 left to go here in this first half. Calvert the 7-6 lead. Mohawk though with possession. Bogner, QB keeper, right side. Looking for a hole, finds a hole. Gets a first down and some more as he'll be finally shoved out of bounds by Klaus right before the 30 out to the 31-yard line for a Mohawk first down. Mason Schimpf. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Remember that name. That was one of the best open field blocks I've seen in a while. Also in on that block was number 11, uh, Nick Goling. And they did a great job making that lane at the second level and giving Bogner all the room to run. First and 10 for Mohawk, 3.26 to go in the half. It'll be a handoff right up the middle, left side dive play for Mohawk as they'll get out to, looks like about the 28-yard line or so. As Warnerman had ripped it away, they're going to say his momentum has already stopped and forward progress was already stopped. So it just ends up being second down and six. Also worth knowing for Bogner, He's sort of telegraphing when he hands it off to the inside. He's taking a step or two up as the snap is coming to him in the shotgun. He needs to be careful on that one. If he does that a little too early, they're going to call him for a full start. Second down and six for Mohawk from the Calvert 28, 245 to go first half. Bogner will fake it. He'll keep it right side. And he'll be front down just shy of the 30. So it looks like that'll be enough for a Mohawk first down with 235 to go in the half. Bogner certainly making an argument to be that Frickers player of the game here on Thursday night. He's looking pretty good. He has certainly been a good chunk of this Mohawk offense for tonight so far. And I know there's some people that would say the way this game's playing out right now might be considered a bit of an upset. I say it's a rivalry game. You really don't pay attention to those types of things. It could go anyway. First down, Bogner going to roll to his left, gets away from one defender, still moving, and finally brought down for a loss. That was Warneman out there on the far side for the stop, and that will be loss of, looks like, about three. And that was Cal Warneman. I got his name right this time. Good job. But also with, thank you, with uh, Bogner as well. The, the problem they ran into there, he, he was trying too hard to commit to that pass. At that point, just tuck and run. If you get to your third progression, your third read, and you're not seeing anything, don't keep running to the sideline. Just turn up field. Under 1.30 left to go here in the half. Calmer the 7-6 advantage, but Mohawk with the ball. Bogner going to roll to his right. He'll look to throw. He's looking for the heave, and that'll be incomplete. Couldn't quite get that. Was looking for a goal on the near side, and that'll now make it to 118 remaining in this first half of action. I like the fake there. I do like that type of play. I think it can work for them. But you got to get better separation downfield. Go Goaling really did not 
get a lot enough separation and really made it a very easily defendable play. Third and 12. Bonk has it on the Calvert's 23. To the right, Bogner gonna take it. Gonna roll to his right, look to throw. He's gonna fling it downfield. It's incomplete, just a little overthrow as he was looking for Bish, as that'll bring up now a fourth down with 112 to go in the half. He led him just a half step too far there. That could have been an incredible tiptoe touchdown catch. Just let him a little too much. Try and plant the feet a little bit more if you're Bogner. That way you have a little bit more control and accuracy as you throw that ball. Nice. You're welcome. Be fourth and 12 for Mohawk as of course the offense will stay on the field. See two receivers out each side, Bogner in the gun. He'll drop back and look to throw. Looking for across the middle, but incomplete as once again we see a player running before they complete the catch as he was looking for Chester right across the middle. Braden Chester is not gonna like that play tomorrow in film. He's just not, there's no other way to describe it. He was wide open. To his defense, the pass was a little bit behind him. He did have to kind of slow down, adjust his route, adjust his momentum to try and come up with it. But at the end of the day, if you get two hands on it, behind you, above you, under you, in front of you, you got to come down with it. Be first and 10 for Calvert from their own 23. They have 106 to work with, still have all their timeouts. Two receivers out to the right, one out to the left, split gun, look, they'll hand it to Rombach. They'll take it on the right side, but not much is gonna develop. Forward progress maybe gets him back to the line of scrimmage, but that was looking like a no game that time from the start. And with some of the issues that we've seen so far tonight in terms of the passing game for Calvert, you're kind of seeing that problem that we saw with Lipstick a couple years ago during uh, Lorenzo Walther's uh, big year that he had with that postseason run against Patrick Henry, where you need yards and you just don't really have those plays in your resume. Second and 10 now for Calvert, down to 41 seconds to go in the half. Receivers to the left as they'll hand it off again up the middle. Warneman on the carry. He'll get out to just shy of the 30 to the 29, gaining about six, but time is ticking here as that'll bring up third down. And I'm just a little confused by this. If you're Coach Reeser, you don't get to take them with you into the second half. Why not burn a timeout? See if you can come up with something. Well, now depending on when you run this play, Mohawk could take a timeout depending on the outcome of the play as we're down to seven seconds. Now Schultz will take it. He'll look to throw as that is intercepted. Yes, it is, but time has already expired. But nice play by Chester to take that one over, but just barely ran out of time. And that'll do it for the first half. Seven to six year score. Calvert clings to the one point lead. Calvert survived that first half. That was not really Calvert having a good first half. They really survived that one more than anything, but great plays, great effort by both teams. Uh, definitely a defensive-minded game today, which is tradition. It's week one. You don't really see the offenses lighted up too often. 
So really not much of a surprise there. That's been a defensive heavy first half. But you, you saw some stars start to develop as well. I mean, Dickman did very well. Bish, nice catches. Heyman, nice catches as well. And Bogner, what, what he's doing offensively for this team, I believe that 96-yard drive, good looks on the ground game, getting more confident in the passing game. They could have a star on their hands if they continue to develop him, continue to build around him. Now the million-dollar question is, are they going to make the adjustments going into the second half where they can finish those drives? Because make no mistake, 96-yard drive looked great. They had three drives that they left on the field, though, where they did get past midfield. You really got to come away with some points in those situations. And the same can be said for Calvert. They really need to make some adjustments. They got to find a way to shut down Bogner when he does those runs to the outside. Got to find a way to get that mid-range passing game under control. And frankly, you got to get the passing game going. You got to do something with Schultz because they're just starting to put seven, eight in the box and just say tackle anyone with a number that looks like a running back number. So that'll just about do it for our first half of action here from Mohawk. Seven to six, your score, Calvert, with the one point lead here at the half. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll have our ON at halftime report, and then shortly after that, back to start the second half here from Mohawk. Again, seven to six, the score, Calvert, with the lead. You're listening to high school football and class gets 96.7 WBBI. Our job since 1945 has been to keep our customers satisfied. Ohio Automotive has experienced staff and sales associates who can help you with our wide range and variety of parts for everything from cars to Class 8 trucks and trailers. Make us your one-stop shop and see why we've been in business so long. Ohio Automotive, your parts expert in Finley at 525 West Main Cross Street. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are iron worker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Iron Workers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. From the Ohio News Network, this is the Ohio Education Association Tonight in High School Football. Named best sports program in the country by the National Association of State Radio Networks. Tonight in High School Football is presented by Bex Hybrids. Now here's your host, Skip Mossick. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tonight in High School Football's Halftime Reports. As the season kicks off this weekend across the state, we'll spend a couple of minutes with Doug U. Executive Director of the OHSAA, Doug joins us next on the Ohio News Network. I'm Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro, and on behalf of the OEA's 120,000 members, we're proud to bring you tonight's game. 
Our members are the public school educators who coach your kids on and off the field because we believe in the potential of every student and their right to a high quality public education, no exceptions. That's why we will continue to speak in one voice to demand the supports and resources our public schools need because public education matters. Do you have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. It was the worst airplane trip I'd ever been on in my life. I looked at my boarding pass. They had me in row 187K. 187K. I didn't even realize they made airplanes that big. I mean, economy ended in row 90, so you can imagine the section I was sitting in. Well, I finally got to my seat. What a nightmare. On one side of me, a screaming baby. No adult. Just a screaming baby. On the other side, a fish. A fish. Yeah, a real fish. I mean, usually I like to talk to the guy sitting next to me, but this character had no personality at all. Although he did kind of chuckle when the stewardess mentioned that the seat could be used as a flotation device. Anyway, just to show you how rude this guy was, he starts smoking a pipe and fills the whole cabin up with smoke. <laughs> but I got the last laugh when the stewardess came around. He ordered red wine. <laughs> Fish with red wine. Imagine that. You just did. You saw it on the radio. If you're an advertiser, this station and the Radio Advertising Bureau have news for you. Just call the station and say, I saw it on the radio. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in Ohio. This message presented by the OHSAA and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you looking for a fun part-time job? Well, then come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. You can be a part of our local sports coverage. We cover high school football and volleyball in the fall, boys and girls basketball in the winter, along with multiple college and professional sports teams all year long. To apply, send your resume to Lance at WFOB.com. That's L-A-N-C-E at WFOB.com. Come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. This is tonight in high school football on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Skip Mossick. We are presented by Bex Hybrids. At Bex, they are and will remain farmers at parts. And welcome back, everyone. Halftime of your game. We're joined this evening for a few minutes by Doug Utes, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. And, you know, Doug, first of all, it's hard to believe it's here already. How excited are you and your team for another football season all across the state? I'll tell you, I'll just go back to my days as a school superintendent, a high school principal, you know, back in there that, uh, 
you know, July gets pretty boring uh, because we're in the kid business. And as kids come back in the beginning of August, you know, things get a lot more excitement on, on a school campus. And uh, not just for football, but all, all sports uh, when they come back. And so this is just a real exciting time for our kids and our fans. And so we're just really excited about uh, kicking off the fall season. Doug, year three for the expanded football playoffs with 16 teams per region. Like with everything else, you're not going to make everybody happy. But tell us why the pros of the expanded playoffs outweigh the cons. Well, the pros are, number one, uh, we're, we're in the, the kid business. We're all about our student-athletes. And so, you know, this gives more student-athletes a chance to compete in Week 11. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I can tell you that, that I like about the expansion of, of that. And, and uh, you know, I always say this, Skip, if I, if I had my way, everybody would get in. And we'd have to figure out a different different system because the weeks would get too long. But but uh, really excited. And, and as we, we talk to some of our coaches and, and as I talk to student athletes out there, you know, they're all always excited. Uh, whether they're 0-10 or 2-8, or uh, they're excited to get that opportunity to play in Week 11. Well, Doug, one of the other pros is obviously an opportunity for revenue. Recently, the OHSAA, along with the six athletic boards, announced 169 scholarships to graduating seniors all across the state. It's so special that you were able to resume this last year. Why is this so important to you and to the districts? Well, I, I think it recognizes our student-athletes for doing the right thing. You know, this... This is a, you know, they don't have to write an essay in this total point system. Uh, these are awarded on based on uh, academic and athletic success. And, and so it gives us a chance to uh, recognize and reward our student athletes who are doing the right thing. And for parents listening to this, Doug, I mean, what's the criteria used to award these scholarships? I know it's much more than just performance on the field or on the court. Yeah, it, it also goes on grade point average and and, uh, and then individual and team success. And so there's uh, those three factors are weighed into the formula. And uh, so Again, you know, it's, it, it, and I share this because I have an opportunity to get around to a lot of the banquets, and and uh, you know, I share this with parents. And you know, we have over 300,000 athletes in the state of Ohio, and you know, we don't get a chance to recognize all of them. But when you receive one of these, uh, it's that's it's a big deal, and, and uh, not just the $1,000 you receive, but it's just a big deal to get recognized uh, for. You know, doing the right thing in the classroom and the right thing in, in your uh, with your team and and uh, you know after three o'clock. So it, uh, I, I love that we were able to to continue that program. Doug, last thing on football. You mentioned communication with the coaches. All playoff games will again be on Friday night this year. I, I know that's something the coaches' association has been in favor of. Do you envision that continuing long term? Uh, you know, we're just really going to take a, a look at it because, you know, I'm, uh, Coaches Association really really wanted to do this because, you know, and I get it, because they, they get up on Saturday, they watch some film, uh, you know, jog the soreness out, out and, and uh, get a day off on Sunday. Whereas if you're playing on Saturday night, you know, Sunday's your, your day to, to kind of do what you do on Saturday and you're not getting that day of rest because school then starts and and, uh, but, but, you know, we also hear from uh, uh, the media. It's hard to get out in that area and cover everybody, and, and we do see that. And, you know, I'm starting to hear some from fans, too, Skip, that, that love high school football. They'll go to a game on Friday and a game on Saturday. And so 
I think we'll weigh a lot of different things as we can evaluate this as well. Doug Utes, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Doug, we always appreciate your time. We'll chat with you again in a few weeks, okay? Okay, thanks, Skip. Appreciate all you do. And we'll be back on the Ohio News Network. Every farmer has their reason for why they do what they do. For Beck's, it's faith, family, and farming. Since 1937, the Beck family and family of employees have been committed to honoring God and helping farmers succeed. Farming is full of extremes, and we face the challenges with hard work and steadfast determination, delivering quality line of products backed by legendary customer service. We look forward to standing by your side, supporting you as you live out the life you were meant to live. Beck's, when it comes to farming, we believe in something more. I'm Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro, and on behalf of the OEA's 120,000 members, we're proud to bring you tonight's game. Our members are the public school educators who coach your kids on and off the field because we believe in the potential of every student and their right to a high-quality public education, no exceptions. That's why we will continue to speak in one voice to demand the supports and resources our public schools need because public education matters. Saturday morning, the doorbell rings, and like many Americans, I answer it. I open the door, and there's this guy dressed in a banana suit holding a flute. Why me? I say to myself, why do these people always pick me? Then the guy hands me his card, A1 Banana Control. He says, you've got a banana problem, and I'm the answer. And I'm thinking, hey, pal, I'm the answer. You're the problem when a real live banana drops out of the light fixture and lands on its feet. Four little feet and hightails it right out the door. They sense my presence, this guy says to me. Then he goes piping around the living room, scaring bananas literally out of every corner, opens up the piano, tra-la-la's it right up the stairs. The next thing I know, the banana man is being escorted down the stairs on the backs of hundreds of bananas. As they stampede by, he flips me the bill and yells back, remember, A1, we are bananas. Imagine that. You just did. You saw it on the radio. If you're an advertiser, this station and the radio advertising bureau have news for you. Just call the station and say, I saw it on the radio. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the OHSAA, are the 339,000 high school sports students in Ohio. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible. Because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. Are you looking for a fun part-time job? Well, then come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. You can be a part of our local sports coverage. We cover high school football and volleyball in the fall, boys and girls basketball in the winter, along with multiple college and professional sports teams all year long. To apply, send your resume to Lance at WFOB.com. That's L-A-N-C-E at WFOB.com. Come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. 
O-H-S-O-N-N. Our thanks once again to OHSAA Executive Director Doug Ute for joining us this evening. Enjoy the second half of your ball game. I'm Skip Mossick on the Ohio News Network. This has been the Ohio Education Association tonight in high school football. Presented by Bex Hybrids. A reminder, you can listen to many of our affiliate broadcasts from across the state at onnradio.com. From the Ohio News Network. Time for traffic. All right, we have bad news if you're on the road. An overturned tractor trailer is causing major gridlocks. Cleanup crews are trying to remove the wreckage, and traffic is backed up for nearly 12 miles. If you don't want to be stuck in your car all day, make sure you absolutely avoid route. Please deposit 25 cents for the next three minutes. Radio. You shouldn't have to pay for it. This message brought to you by America's 13,000 local radio stations who believe some things were just meant to be free. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the OHSAA and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you looking for a fun part-time job? Well, then come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. You can be a part of our local sports coverage. We cover high school football and volleyball in the fall, boys and girls basketball in the winter, along with multiple college and professional sports teams all year long. To apply, send your resume to Lance at WFOB.com. That's L-A-N-C-E at WFOB.com. Come join us here at WBVI and WFOB. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, did you know that 90% of new car buyers want a tried and true AM FM radio option? That's because your local radio stations are reliable, trustworthy, and bring you a local connection that can't be replicated. Not to mention we are free, no subscription or cellular data required. More than 80 million Americans each month depend on AM for their news, weather, and entertainment. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. The Northwestern Water and Sewer District now has two watersheds in Fostoria to get pure water at a low price. Watersheds are located off of Plaza Drive on the north end of town and our newest location near 4th and Finley Streets. If you don't like the taste of well water, try watershed water. Just bring your own containers and fill up for a quarter a gallon. Try watershed water today. For all locations, go to nwwsd.org. 
Are you thinking about new flooring for your home? Snyder's Floor Covering Outlet in Bettsville is here for you. You can either come to our store or they can bring the samples to you with many new carpet and vinyl styles and colors in stock. Snyder's also offers 12-month financing and no charge measuring and estimates. Call today, 986-5599. That's 986-5599. Stop in and see our newly renovated showroom. Thank you for continuing to support Snyder's Floor Covering. Snyder's Floor Covering. No job too big or too small. Snyder's does it all. At Blanchard Valley Health System, we're looking for individuals to join our family of professionals. We require compassion, dedication, and the desire to make a difference in a fast-paced healthcare environment. Jobs are available in clinical and support services. We offer competitive wages and benefits. The culture of BVHS is unique and rewarding. Visit bvhealthsystem.org backslash careers to search our current openings. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. We know what it takes. We've done it all. At Five Star Maintenance and Construction, we built our crew on the foundation of dedication, hard work, and pride. Pride in a job well done that exceeds our clients' expectations and is executed with precision from start to finish. Welcome to Five Star Maintenance and Construction. We have been a leader in the industry of property preservation and construction management in Northwest Ohio. Each division of Five Star has a seasoned team to tackle even the most challenging property preservation and a dedicated on-site property manager for each property. Five Star Maintenance. We know what it takes. Looking for a job with a great company? Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $19.41 an hour with a raise after 90 days. There are currently second and third shift positions open. To apply, go to ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family driven. The deals are hot, the inventory is plentiful, and buying a new to you car is fun with the guys at Warner Economy Corner. All new inventory is spicing things up on the corner of Blanchard and Blanchard, and there are some unique vehicles to choose from. If it's price, customer service, or inventory, Warner Economy Corner has it all. Visit today for the best deals around. Trade or no trade, we can work with you. Visit Warner Economy Corner today. Saying goodbye to summer is less sad when you realize your favorite fall flavors are here at Bigby Coffee. Celebrate the return of our sweet foam pumpkin cold brew, pumpkin spice latte, and our caramel apple cider. Pair these delicious fall sips with our maple waffle sandwich or pumpkin muffin. Available for a limited time at one of the two Bigby Coffee locations in Findlay, one on Trenton Avenue and one on Tiffin Avenue. My mom always said, if there's dust, then make the most of it. Learn the alphabet. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show. Don't mind the dust at Morgan Advanced Materials because they're making some pretty cool stuff for some really cool markets. Morgan Advanced Materials makes products that go into space, into the semiconductor industry, and in wind turbines. Now that's pretty cool. Join their team. Apply at morganadvancedmaterials.com, where they're making this world a pretty cool place. 
NWO has news. We are excited to announce the newest addition to the NWO family. Dr. Ryan Tran is a local who was raised in the area, trained by the Cleveland Clinic, and has returned to his hometown to care for your whole family, just like he does his own. Dr. Tran is now accepting new patients of all ages in our Tiffin office. Make your appointment today to experience the benefits of family care by a hometown professional. There's only one place to go, NWO. Back. We are getting ready to start the second half of action between Calvert and Mohawk week one Thursday night action here in Wyandotte County. Seven to six is the score. Calvert with the lead, but Mohawk will start the second half with the football. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you on Classic. It's 96-7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. Matt, we kind of talked about it as the second quarter came closer to an end, but was really mostly Calvert with the momentum, and then it seemed like once they threw that pick near the end zone, everything just started to fall Mohawk's way. Well, yeah, I mean, it turned into a 96-yard touchdown drive, then another interception, and went to half. So, I mean, it's very interesting to see if Mohawk comes out with that momentum still, or if the halftime kind of cooled things off, or more importantly than that, if Calvert was able to come up with some adjustments and some game plan changes to possibly counter what we've been seeing from Mohawk so far tonight. But if they haven't, and if they're just kind of assuming they can just keep doing their thing and hope for the best, I think Mohawk might come away with a bit of an upset win tonight. First and 10 for Mohawk from their own 29-yard line as the sun hasn't set just yet, but is starting to get a little darker here as things progress throughout this one. I think it's just because it's getting later in the evening more than more storm clouds coming in. QB keeper for Bogner right away is actually kind of ran into the back of his offensive lineman as he'll get out to the 31 in game two. A little bit of that week one rust that you saw right there. First play out the chute coming into the second half. Offensive line really just kind of stood straight back up. Didn't really get that much of a push. That's why Bogner kind of ran into him. More importantly than that, though, for both these teams, it is cool out. It's definitely cooled off a good bit than it was this afternoon, but cramping and conditioning are really going to factor in for the second half. Second on an eight for Mohawk. Bogner going to roll to his right, right look to throw. That's going to be caught just shy of midfield and will be brought down at about the 46, and on that grab will be Nick Goling, the senior from Mohawk. That was a pretty throw from Bogner. I mean, he seems like he's come out ready to roll here in this second half, and if that's the case, and if Mohawk can keep it going offensively, they might be ending the points here. First and 10 for Mohawk from their own side of the 50 at the 47. They trail Calvert 7-6, to six, starting this second half off. The quarterback keeper for Bogner this time on the left side as he'll let the play develop a little bit more, get into Calvert territory, crossing over to the 50, over to the 49. And that had a lot more to do with Calvert's defense and how they played that than Mohawk's offensive line. I mean, they still got a good push, still got four yards, but you could definitely see that the lane closed a lot quicker on them, and that had a lot more to do with Calvert's defense. So get on in six for Mohawk from the Calvert 49. See following go to the right side in motion. Bogner by himself in the gun. Couple guys offset over towards his right. He'll take it. He'll fake the right side run and cut it back left. And 
get a little bit of a push as he'll gain about a yard and a half. Student body left play. Started as a misdirection QB keeper and kind of ended as just not really that good of a play. <laughs> it's just the defense read it well. That'll make it third and five for Mohawk with 9.50 left to go here. Third corner, Calvert, the 7-6 lead. First series for either team here in the second half of action. So we'll see two receivers out to the right side for Mohawk, running back to the right of Ben Bogner in the shotgun. He'll take and he'll look towards his right. He'll fling it immediately as that is going to be incomplete as just a touch quick on the throw that time was Bogner. Also was read well by the Calvert defensive back. If Xavier Komet had just put his hands up, he's still running for a pick six right now. It is fourth and five. We've seen Mohawk do this before, and then Bogner steps back for the punt. So it looks like they'll at least try and do a hard snap. Now they're going to flip Mulholland over to the left side. Bogner will drop back just a few steps. And he will, in fact, punt it away. A low kick. He'll stop right between the 20 and the 21 on the pooch kick from Bogner. And now Calvert will take over with 9.21 left to go here in the third quarter. 7-6 remains the score. Calvert with the advantage. Our second half today brought to you by Snyder's Flooring Outlet. No job too big or too small. Too small. Snyder's does it all. Week yes, one. they do. Week one. They definitely do every type of job, both the big ones and the small ones. You missed me. Week, week, week one. <laughs> I didn't ask for any of this, in fact. The first and ten for Calvert from their own 20-yard line. Get things started here for their first possession of the second half. Trips to the left side. They'll hand it off right side for Warnament as he's able to get by one defender, but not from the next as he extends it out towards the 25. A touch short for a gain of about four and a half. I certainly like that they started going back towards that left side as well. I mean, that was a good run there, right up the gut. Nice job by Warnament cutting it back, seeing where that lane had opened up. But I just got to tell you, I, I really feel like they still need to start running to that right side. The second down and six for Calvert from their own 24. 8.45 left to go here, third quarter. Calvert, the 7-6 lead over Mohawk. Week one action here on a Thursday night on Classic. It's 96-7 WBVI. We'll see. Trips out to the left side, low snap. Schultz is able to regain possession. He'll fling it over on the far side. That'll be caught by Carter Wolf for his first grab of the game as he's right around that first down marker. See if they get a favorable spot for a first down. And they're going to have him just a little bit short there. And a good job making something out of nothing there by Schultz and Wolf. Uh, it is worth noting, I'm pretty sure if I'm looking correctly, I'm going to check and try and keep tabs on this here in the second half. I think they're snapping it in the way that I hate from the tip of the ball. We're going we're gonna to find out. I'm going to look. Third down and one for Calvert. Ball on the 29-yard line. Split back look in the gun. Receivers to each side. Schultz hands it off. Warnament. Thank God it's going to be stuffed pretty quickly, though, by the Mohawk defensive front. They gain a little ground, but not enough, as it'll bring up a fourth and short. And I got to tell you, this may be one of those moments where you consider going for it. Fourth and very short. I know you're deep in your own ter uh, territory. Excuse me. Week one. 
Yeah. Yeah. But definitely a hard count here. You know that's coming. But what I'd really like to see, run a counter, run it to the right side. That's the open side right now. You might be able to get enough of a push. Fourth and one, Calvert will bring the offense on the field for the hard snap, and Schultz will in fact take it. He'll take it left side, he'll fling it, and that's going to be caught just past the yard marker, I believe. Looks like they did in fact get just enough on a little bit of the delayed pass play, but looks like it will do just enough for Calvert, and they'll get the first down. It's only weird if it didn't work. I have no other way to describe that play. That looked like an absolute train wreck. Look, looked like, almost looked like a more clunky version of what the Florida Gators used to do with Tim Tebow back in the day on the goal line. Yeah, but it looked like run by fourth graders as opposed to the University of Florida during the Tim Tebow era. But hey, again, they got They got the yardage they needed. First and 10 from the, 20, from the 29 for Calvert as Schultz will fake it and take it himself. He'll get maybe a yard or two on the left side run. I, I'm just really confused by the obsession of going to the left side. I know you have the senior over there with Rucker, and he's a great blocker. He's a great lineman. But you've been getting more success going to the right side. And I have misdirection. You can even telegraph it. Warneman's been getting better carries to the right side. Second down and nine for Calvert. See two out to the right, one out on the left. Split back, looking the gun with Schultz. He'll take it, he'll look to throw. He'll find Wolf on the near side. He'll try and run through a defender. He'll be brought down by three Warriors as he gets out to the 35. I will say, I like that they're passing the ball as well. Try and give Schultz a little bit of confidence because obviously not the best first half, but getting those quick passes in, like those screens that we've seen, that whatever that Tebow special was. As long as you're completing them, and gain some positive yards, give Schultz that confidence, give him that momentum, then start to open the playbook back up a bit. Third about six for Calvert from the 35. The receiver's out each side, another low snap. Schultz is able to scoop it back up. He'll roll to his left, he'll fling it down the field, as that'll be incomplete, as not really anyone in the area that time as he overthrew his man as he was just trying to find some way to escape. It'll bring up fourth and six. And that's two bad snaps just on this drive alone. They really need to clean that up. I know it's week one, but at the end of the day, you've had three weeks of camp. You had the five, you know, getting acclimated kind of days. You've had mini camps. You've had off season. You have to be able to make that snap. The fourth and six. Offense looks like they're going to stay on the field, and now they'll shift into a punt formation as Ronback will go back to punt it away as almost got it blocked but was able to get that one through. Returnable for Heyman at about the 38 as he'll get out just past the 45 before he's taken down by Billy Klaus. So Mohawk will get some good field position with 5.03 left to go here in third quarter. Score remains the same 7-6 in favor of Calvert. Yeah, both these defenses have really stepped up. But I got to say, for both of these squads, their offenses have certainly helped those defenses look pretty good tonight. It's been a few interesting calls for both of these offenses seem to be going away from their strengths just a little bit to start the second half. First and 10 for Mohawk from their own 46. 
See two receivers out to the left, one out to the right. Bogner in the gun. He'll fake the snap. He'll look to throw. He'll be going He's across got the middle for Heyman, and he has it. 5-10 into the end zone for the Mohawk touchdown. Warriors take the lead with under five minutes to go here in the third. And what did I say earlier? That play is going to stay play in the open. playbook. That was wide open. A phenomenal fake by Bogner. Good job selling the fake by the running back and the offensive line. And Heyman, he, he's got the speed. He's got the speed. He's got that initial burst off the line of scrimmage that he's just able to beat his man. He's beat him most of the night. It was just a matter of getting that pass to connect to get that quarterback receiver connection. And they just got in a big way. Huge catch, huge touchdown for Mohawk. It looks like they'll go for a two-point conversion just to get it to a seven-point lead. It's smart. Trips out on the right side, one receiver to the left. Bogner in the gun, running back offset to his right. He'll take the snap, he'll roll to his right, he'll look to throw, he'll try and cut it back inside, and will be stopped before getting the pay dirt as he gains a few yards, but not enough for the two points. So the two point will be no good, and the score will remain 12 to 7 with 4.53 to go here in the third quarter. We'll go ahead, step aside for a quick time. I'll come back with more action here from Mohawk as you're listening to high school football on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. Premier Bank has that good vibe banking. Visit a branch to learn how you can earn $200 by opening a new simple checking account and completing simple transactions. Visit yourpremierbank.com slash goodvibes to view offer details. Member FDIC. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. We are here to resume action. Third quarter between Mohawk and Calvert. Mohawk, though, taking the lead now 12 to 7. Two-point conversion have failed, but a 50-plus yard strike from Bogner to Heyman, and that, as you said early on, that play was open, just did not connect on it, but that time made it look easy. They really did make it look easy, but what made it look easy was the fact that they sold the fake when they did it earlier, and they almost got it. They just missed. They didn't really sell the fake as much. That play, they sold it beautifully. Squib kick will be returnable for, Mo for Calvert as looking out to about the 35. So that's where we'll see the Seneca offense get back on to the field. So it was Godfrey was the one that took that one on the return for Calvert. And we get down to 4.46 to go here in the third quarter. And Matt, like we said, you know, right, uh, right as we got to halftime and then really starting the second half, seems like Mohawk has the momentum and now seems so even more so. Well, yeah, they have the momentum because Calvert really hasn't adjusted anything. They, they've just elected to run the same things they've been running. They keep going with the same defense and they're kind of getting the same results. See two receivers out each side, but we'll get a false start. I think uh, Carter Wolf was the first to move that time on the near side in the slot. 
Yeah, Wolf did take a step early on that one. Now, speaking of that, from a penalty standpoint, I mean, we had the holding, the unsportsmanlike, and that illegal procedure that we both thought was false. But otherwise, for week one, this has been a relatively clean game. And now you just jinxed it. I'm sorry, was it? And now you jinxed it. Maybe. We'll find out. First and 15 for Coward. And after the penalty, we'll see two receivers out on each side. Schultz in the gun. He'll fake the give. He'll throw far side. Klaus on the other end brings it in. He's not going to have too much room to work with as he's able to keep his feet moving and make a little something out of nothing and get some of those penalty yards back, but it'll still bring up a second and long. It's really impressive to watch right now to see that with Mohawk, you're, you're seeing where speed can potentially beat size. Calvert definitely has a size advantage on the line, in the receiving core, really just across the board. But the speed and fundamental play that Mohawk defense is playing at right now, they're really minimizing that advantage because of it. 4.05 to go here, third quarter. Calvert trailing Mohawk 12-7. We'll see Schultz drop back, look to throw on second and long, looking across the middle, incomplete. Just a touch overthrow that time, looking for Godfrey across the middle, brings up third and long. And for Schultz, I like that throw. I like the decision to go downfield like that. And good blocking as well. But correct me if I'm wrong, it, it almost seems like he's three-quartering the ball now because he seems a little concerned about his delivery. I feel like his arm angle is usually close to three-quarters most of the time anyhow. H has it been? I think so. Okay. I, I just, uh, I've been noticing it. It seems like he's getting closer to almost sidearm. They're down and 11 now for Calvert. Schultz will look to throw again, and he's looking for Wolf down the field. He's not going to be able to get there. And it's going to be incomplete as Wolf was trying to make a case for pass interference, but nothing to do with that time. Brings up fourth long. Uh, he certainly had a case if the ball was closer. Uh, that ball was very, very clearly overthrown. So that's one of those instances where the officials are going to say, that even with the pass interference, there was no chance of catching that ball. So that'll bring up a fourth and 11 as Calvert will presumably be forced to punt yet again. Rombach will drop back to look to punt this one away for the Senecas. We'll get that one I think they got a piece of that. They might have got a piece of that one because that was a little bit of a shorter kick. It does get onto the other side of the 50, but not too much further, out to about the 44. So that's where we'll see Mohawk take over with 3.45 left to go here in the third quarter. Mohawk the 12-7 advantage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mahalan got a little piece of that one as he got in the backfield because that ricocheted off to the sideline. I mean, you, you can slice it. <laughs> you can shank it. That one just, it looked like it made contact with something and just beeline to the sideline. First and 10 for Mohawk on their side of the 50 at the 44. The two receivers towards the left. Tight end on the left side as well. Bogner in the gun. So he'll take it right side. Has a little bit of room to work with, but he'll be brought backwards by Billy Klaus and some of his friends he gets out to about the 49. Good tackle, but I don't like it to happen five yards downfield. I mean, you got to get a better push if you're the Calvert front seven. But my goodness, a good hit by Klaus. So the 
Bring up a second and five from Mohawk. 3.15 left to go, third quarter. Mohawk with the five point advantage. As he trips to the left side, one receiver towards the right. Ramek offset slightly to the left and now will line up as a split end. Bowman will take it, he'll roll to his left, he'll look down the field, he'll avoid Wrecker and avoids another man and then tries to throw it away. And They'll say he was down and did not throw it away in time, so he'll lose a couple, actually because of where it was, lose a lot of yards, make it third and long. Definitely the right call, he was down. That was a great defensive play, in particular number 57 for the Cameron Bagnet. What was that? Cameron Bagnet. Him. That was a great play. Thank you for the name. So I'm going to make it third and long now after that play. Walk now back on their side of the 50. So we get under two and a half minutes to go here in the third quarter. Two receivers on the right, one out to the left. Bogan are going to roll to his right. He'll look down the field. Has to avoid the pressure and just throws it away. And uh, the chain gang able to grab that one on the far side, and that'll bring it forth long. Really good possession catch on the sideline there by the Chang gang. Uh, very well done. You know, followed the ball all the way in, made good, good uh, contact with it as he brought it in. Well done. Fourth and long now coming up here for Mohawk with 218 that, to go in the third. That pause was so unnecessary. I think it was super necessary. So that'll be punted away. Returnable for Calvert at about the 19 and will be stopped at about the 26 yard line. Godfrey back there on the punt return for Calvert as they'll look to get their offense going and get them back on track a little bit as they trail 12 to seven with 2.09 to go in the third quarter. And a quick reminder, today's second half brought to you by Snyder's Flooring Outlet. No job too big or too small, Snyder's does it all. That was an outstanding live read there. I had nowhere to go but up after the last one. Well, I mean, that's true. I was trying to be nice and not say it, but I'm glad you did, so I can agree with you. First and 10 for Calvert from their own 27-yard line. Two receivers out each side. Schultz will drop back. Had plenty of time. Now he's avoiding pressure and won't be able to do so. Mulholland drops him for a big loss. Uh, Mulholland has been getting in the backfield this entire second half, and you kind of had a feeling it was going to happen at some point, but... That's a huge loss for Calvert. My goodness. That's going to make it second. And I'm going to ballpark about 21, 22. Yeah, just about. 22. Eh, I still got it. <laughs> second and 22 coming up for Calvert after the big sack play. See two receivers out each side. Schultz in the gun, running back offset to the left of him. He'll draw back, he'll look to throw, and goes right across the middle. Right on the grab, but he'll be hit pretty quickly. He gets a couple of those yards back, but still going to bring up a third and pretty long with 110 to go in the third. Oh, once again, speed versus size, which one tends to win? Historically, you know, size will usually win as these games progress, but the trick is 
if the speed is also fundamentally sound. Like you just saw there with Dickman. He saw that it was going to be a screen. He flattened his line of attack and just started looking for someone that may end up being open for that screen pass. Phenomenally executed. Down and 11 for Calver back at their own 18-yard line. Schultz will go back. He'll look to throw. He's looking to the middle of the field, and that is actually oh. caught by Carter Wolf. It was almost an interception. It popped right back in Wolf's hands. He said, look what I found. Big first down for Calvert. Somebody call Antonio Freeman. We just saw his play all over again here. My goodness, what a catch by Carter Wolf. As Nick Golick almost had a pick, did everything but complete the action of the catch and just popped right back into Wolf's hands. And really, I mean, you said it. He came down with it, but just as he came down, it popped back out of his hands and just rolled right into Carter Wolf's hands. So Calvert can use that to get a little momentum on their side with just six seconds to go in the quarter. Hand it off near side for Warneman. He's got a little ahead of steam. He'll get a first down and a little more as Calvert gets a little of their juju back. But that'll do it here for the third quarter. Score is 12 to 7. Calvert trails Mohawk, but Calvert now starting to show some signs of life here as that third quarter came to an end on a miraculous play that ended up in Carter Wolf's hands for a big first down completion for the Senecas. We'll go ahead and step aside though for a quick timeout. We'll come back, get your fours up as we start the fourth quarter of action here for Mohawk. You're listening to High School Football Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI. Our job since 1945 has been to keep our customers satisfied. Ohio Automotive has experienced staff and sales associates who can help you with our wide range and variety of parts for everything from cars to Class 8 trucks and trailers. Make us your one-stop shop and see why we've been in business so long. Ohio Automotive, your parts expert in Finley at 525 West Main Cross Street. For over 100 years, ironworkers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Back we are to start the fourth quarter of action from Mohawk here at Warrior Field. You're excited for today's action Thursday night of week number one as Calvert takes on Mohawk. Calvert trailing Mohawk by a 12 to 7 score, but Calvert starting to get a little bit of offense going as they get into Mohawk territory here to start off this fourth quarter. Lance Morris, Matt Calvin here with you on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. First and 10 for Calvert. So they'll hand it off to Warneman on the right side. As he'll get stopped uh, just shy of the 40 to the 41 for a gain of a couple here to start this fourth quarter. Golly gee, look at that. You run to the right side, you pick up yards. Interesting. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Interesting. You can't say that's all I'm going to say and then repeat yourself two times. Well, it's kind of like the same thing, like when you see like bank statements and you have that page at the end where it says page left intentionally blank. It's not, because it says right there, page left intentionally blank. The page is not blank. Second down and eight for Calvert. As Schultz will look to throw. He's looking on the far side of the field as 
That is incomplete as that hit off of a couple different defenders for Mohawk before falling incomplete. I gotta tell you, Schultz has the arm. They have the type of receivers here that they could do something special. It just seems like they are not on the same page right now tonight. I, I didn't see who it was going out for that route, but he didn't even turn around. He, he didn't even think that ball was coming his way. Third down and eight for Calvert in the Mohawk territory at the 41 with 11-12 left to go in this one here in the fourth quarter. Two receivers out each side. Schultz will drop back and look to throw. He's looking down the middle of the field, and that is caught by Roundback for the Calvert. Touchdown bopped right off of a Mohawk defender again, and another instance of look what I found as Calvert gets the touchdown. Tip drill for the win. My goodness. What an amazing catch once again for Calvert. Not every day on the same drive do you see not one, but two incredible circus catches to put points on the board for Calvert. A big score. They have to finish it here with the point after try. And for the PAT try, Lucius's kick. Up and good as that'll make it 14 to two. Calvert now retakes the lead. On a couple of miraculous plays, I think that's the fair way to put it, Matt, is the offense, you know, had been, you know, lacking for lack of a better term for most of that third quarter. And then a couple plays near the end of that third quarter and a couple additional plays in the fourth. Now they retake the lead just like that. I mean, look, they call them Hail Marys for a reason. They tend to rely on a higher power helping you out in that particular moment. And, I mean, you saw that happen twice on the drive. I mean, two almost interceptions had Mohawk just been able to come down with it, maintain the possession. We're talking to two separate instances where Mohawk gets the ball back, but instead it turns into incredible catches and just amazing awareness for the Calvert receivers. Amazing awareness. Uh, we were talking a moment ago, or I was talking a moment ago, excuse me, saying they don't seem to be on the same page. This still holds true, but evidently they are exactly on the same page with the DBs as long as the ball gets deflected by them initially. Just incredible catches, my goodness. We're just about set for a kickoff, and our kickoff today brought to you by Grit, helping you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you located behind Ace Hardware inside Body Works 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Where's Harold Florian if you know him? You're asking the wrong person. I don't know how I feel about this. Tis, tis not my department. I mean, hey, great for Grit. Just, I don't know how I feel about it. Kick will be returnable for Mohawk at the 21-yard line as almost getting through the defense and finally brought down at the 35 will be Heyman. And that was almost a crazy return, but still will give Mohawk some good field position here at about the 35 to get things started here in the fourth quarter as they trail 14 to 12. Had Heyman broke that, that would have broken this stadium. Between oh, the circles. Without a doubt. How was it? Without a doubt. Yeah, it's just, I would have broken every fan here. The, like two circus catches and then an onside kick, breaking through the middle of the pile, running away with a touchdown. This place would have been bedlam. First and 10 for Mohawk from their own 35-yard line. 
Two receivers out to the right. Bogner in the gun. He'll roll to his right. He'll look to throw. They'll throw on the near side. That'll be caught by Golig. He's right around the first down marker. I think he'll be just a touch shy. Yeah, just a little bit short. And I got to tell you, I still feel the momentum is a little bit on Mohawk's side right now because that was a great drive by Calvert. That was a phenomenal drive. It took a lot of lucky things to happen to make that drive work. And it's only a two-point lead right now. Mohawk has time and opportunity here. QB keeper from Bogner by design gets a first down in just a little more. So we'll go down to about the 47 to have enough for the Mohawk first down with 10-20 left to go in the game. And this is where you start to run some risks here if you're Mohawk. Bogner has really been the driving point of your offense. But this stage of the game, in the fourth quarter, week one, you're still kind of getting used to it being the season again. How many hits do you want Bogner to take this early in the season? First and 10 for Mohawk from about the 47-yard line. Bogner will fake the give. He'll roll to his left. He'll look to throw. He's looking for his man as that is incomplete. As almost grabbing it was Heyman, but good close out there by Schumacher to even give him a chance for the pick. Yeah, honestly, that was Schumacher making a great play. They were both kind of there at the same time, just watching a little replay on the camera in front of me. Uh, that was just a phenomenal play by Schumacher to make that deflection, get in the way of Heyman. Because make no mistake, Heyman beat him again on the route. That is still going to be open if they're able to get a little bit more separation. Second and 10 now for Mohawk. Bogner going to drop back, look to throw again. A screen play this time. It'll be grabbed, getting it upfield, and first down and a touch more. So they get out just shy of the 40-yard line. And that time was Braxton Frisch on the grab. Really nice catch by Frisch. I mean, one of the backup quarterbacks does rotate in at running back as well. But great job. He read the route well, made a good decision, followed his bloggers. Very well executed. I've been impressed with this Mohawk team. I really have been. First and 10 for Mohawk from the Calvert 41. 9.17 to go in the game. Bogner going to roll out to his left. He'll look to throw again. He'll look across the middle, but he'll short arm that one as it falls incomplete. Yeah, he kind of put himself into a bad pocket there. Didn't have a lot of room to work with, a lot of room to finagle, as it were. So good decision there. Just kind of sidearm it, get into the dirt, just try it again on second down. A reminder today's second half brought to you by Snyder's Flooring Outlet. No job too big or too small. Snyder's does it all. Second and 10 coming up for Mohawk from Calvert Territory at the 41. Yeah, it's to see if Mohawk keeps with the passing game here or tries to run it a little bit more. Receivers to the left, one out to the right. QB keeper by design for Bogner. Right side gets away from one defender. He'll be caught from behind. Right around that first down marker. And it looks like he got just enough. And yes, he did get enough for a Mohawk first down. Ben Bogner is becoming a star tonight. He really is. I mean, this Calvert team is one of the presumptive favorites in the SBC. And he's making short work of them on their defensive side. I mean, it's really impressive. First and 10 for Mohawk. Under nine minutes left to go in this one. 12 
two, four, 14 to 12 is your score. Calvert back up by two. Now we'll get a little bit of a false start as a guy was in motion, I think it went both directions on that far side for Mohawk. Yeah, they did a forward back move. Can't do that. For the student sections, if they were a little more animated, this would usually be where they chant that you can't do that. I mean, clap, it's, clap, it's, clap. It's more clap. of a basketball thing anyway, though. It is, but it's such a fun chant. I really wish it started becoming a football thing, too. I'm okay with it staying in basketball. Hey, you fuddy-duddy. Imagine saying the words fuddy-duddy. First and 15 now for Mohawk after the penalty. Bogner going to look across the middle, and that's intercepted as another one that goes just right into the hands of a Calvert player as Billy Klaus takes that one the other way for the Senecas with 8.04 left to go. Evidently, Calvert can only catch it if it has hit the hands of a Mohawk player first. My goodness. That's three tip drill catches. Two offensively, one leading to the touchdown. Now an interception here on a deflection. I, I, I'm floored. I really don't get it. They've been struggling to catch the ball otherwise. So now that we get first and 10 for Calvert from the 26, or from the 36 yard line rather. Two receivers to the left, one out to the right. So hand it off, left side. Ornament on the give as they'll get out to the 40 and gain about four. And I think we have our first injury situation here for tonight. As it does look like we have a Calvert player down. But it does look like a cramp. That, that, that looks like the traditional Charlie Horse kind of situation. Yep, he... They're going for the cramp stretch. 7.53 left to go here in this contest. 14 to 12 is the score. Calvert with the lead over Mohawk. Lance Morris, Matt Goblin here with you. Classic gets 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. And I mean, Matt, I think this is one of those situations where I'd say Mohawk has shown in the second half a lot better qualities, but Calvert, They've just got a couple of those breaks, and sometimes the breaks can make the difference. Yeah, it really is. Just depends on how the breaks kind of fall throughout a game. I mean, if this game were to continue the way it seems to be progressing and that Calvert comes away with a win tonight, I, I think the story really needs to be written that it's they survived. They outlasted Mohawk as opposed to doing anything definitive to beat them. I mean, it's really just been spoiled down to really three deflections. That's the difference of the game. Three deflected catches from Mohawk that went in favor of Calvert have really been the difference in this game. Down for Calvert was uh, Connor Moyer. He's walking a little gingerly, but they were just stretching out, so presumptively just a cramp, and hopefully we'll see him back on the field soon. Yeah, he's... He's got the uh, the good old hamstring calf Charlie horse walk going there. Throw, throw some Pedialyte in his system. He'll be ready here in a couple minutes. Hopefully they have pickle juice on the sideline. Pickle juice is another good one. Though, did you see that they did a study that said the best hydrator for a drink is actually milk? Interesting. 
Schultz going to roll out to his right and look to throw as that's going to be incomplete as he was looking for Carter Wolf on the far sideline. That'll bring up third and long. Yeah, once again, just a little bit too much of a lead there from Schultz. And it didn't get touched by any Mohawk player, so clearly they're not able to catch it at this point. I really have not seen anything like that, where every tip drill goes in favor of one team. Third down and seven coming up for Calvert. A lead 14 to 12, 7.40 left to go in this one. Trips out to the right side, one receiver to the left. Schultz in the shotgun, running back offset to his right. Bit of a high snap, able to maintain it, goes across the middle, as that's incomplete, as that was off of a couple defenders. Heyman first to touch it for Mohawks. That'll bring up fourth down with 735. We'll have to go. And Kane Heyman had an interception right there, dead to rights. Just was unable to hold on to it. Again, a deflection that goes in favor of Calvert. Maybe it didn't end in a completion, but that interception there could have been devastating to Calvert with 7.35 to go in the game. Fourth and seven. Looks like the offense will stay on the field, at least right now, for Calvert. Now they'll go back and shift into formation so Rob back can go punt. Why fake it? Why pretend it? Because the punt was blocked. Hunt was blocked about right at the line of scrimmage, so now we'll see Mohawk take over with a very good field position with 7.28 left to go. And we have been seeing Mohawk getting into the backfield every punt, every punt. And the reason for that, why they've been getting so close, not just their speed, but because they've been having issues snapping the ball tonight on the Calvert side, they've actually been shortening that long snap for their long snapper. So Rombach, usually you want him about seven, eight yards back. He's only about four or five on most of these snaps. Settling at first and 10 for Mohawk. Already in Calvert territory at the 37. Bogner going to fake it and then run right up the middle on the draw play. So he'll be stopped as he got out past the 35 out to about the 33. And now if you're Coach Daniel, the key becomes you want to keep the momentum, but you don't want to give away the store too quick. You want to keep this going, keep it as a nice methodical drive. Yes, you have the momentum on the side. Yes, you got a big stop. Now you're in their territory, but you don't want to score too fast. You don't want to score too quick. You want to keep the ball as long as you can. Second and five for Mohawk. Bit of a low snap. Bogner will keep it. He'll go right side. He'll be Tackled by three Calvert defenders and get a yard or two, bring up a third down. Pretty sure that wasn't supposed to be a QB keeper. It looked like that snap came in low, and Bogner just had to make something happen there. Make it third and five now for Mohawk. We get under six and a half minutes left to go in this one. A two point lead for Calvert, 14 to 12, but Mohawk in possession after the blocked punt. Worth noting, both teams have all their timeouts as well. Two receivers each side, Bogner in the gun. He'll hand it off up the middle. First will go forward, gets right past the 30. That'll still make it now a fourth, fourth down situation. And obviously you have to go for it here. There's no other option. But this is a big play. This could be a close to game deciding type of play and type of moment here. And this is where we find out a lot about Calvert. Are they the kind of team that they can knuckle down 
end up making the play, come away with a big stop, or are they going to bend a little bit more and give up a first down? Fourth and two for Mohawk in, in their territory of Calvert. Bogner going to roll out to his left. He'll look down the field, has to try and avoid some pressure. He's not going to be able to do so as three Calvert defenders will come and knock him down. That'll be a turnover on downs. Give the ball back to the Senecas with 5.23 to go. And that is what you expect from a preseason favorite. That right there is exactly what you expect to see from them, that Carter Wolf kept the outside contained, that the defense forced Bogner into a position where he didn't really have a pocket anymore because he clearly wanted to stop, plant, and throw. But he was unable to do that. By the time he decided to tuck and run to try and make a play, it was too late. He was cornered. Great defensive play from Calvert. First and 10 for Calvert. They'll have the ball in their territory at about the 29. Schultz will hand it off on first and 10. One of it left side carry. He's able to go forward and get about two. And now it's going to become a possession game. It's going to become a possession and clock management game. If you're Calvert, you do not want to be snapping this ball until you have about two seconds left on that game clock. Anything above that, you're wasting your time. Realistically, you should only need to run eight to ten more plays maximum to win this game. So we'll see how they are able to manage the clock as we get down to 445 left to go. The receiver's out each side. They'll fake it. Schultz will keep it as he gets a little ahead of oh. That was quite the hit from Schumacher as he's going to draw a penalty flag. It appears as the play is dead after that. Yeah, he's going to get popped for targeting. We saw the helmet fly off of the Mohawk player. It was Heyman that actually was hit by Schumacher. So that'll drop him back a little bit after the penalty, but clock though is still, still running. Yeah, that, that was a dangerous block. That was a very dangerous block. So I think they need in, to decide in, if in, that was In targeting. high school, I was going to say, in high school, what exactly is the targeting rules? Same penalties. Same as college? Same, same as college. Same as the pros. If they call it targeting, he's out of the game. He's out of the game. Oh, they're calling it or helmet to helmet. Okay, so that's on the ref. You signaled targeting. <laughs> he initially signaled targeting. Instead, they elected to call it an illegal helmet to helmet. So, Schumacher stays in the game. the game. That's He's part one. He does get to stay in the game. It is a 15-yard penalty, though. So, it is still a big penalty. That's still a brutal penalty. But at the end of the day, calling it as an illegal helmet to helmet, I understand it to a point. Schumacher did launch himself, but it did look like it still was shoulder pad. Is what he was trying to go for. Ended up making contact with the helmet instead. So after the penalty, that makes it second and 20 for Calver. They all have two receivers out to each side. Schultz will drop back. He'll look to throw. He's got some time, and that'll be incomplete. And we've broken up on the far side. That'll make it third and long as we get under four minutes left to go. Score remains 14 to 12. Calvert leading by two. And I will say at this stage, the biggest mistake that you have with a penalty like that, 
you just gave Mohawk a lot of adrenaline, momentum, reason to come after you hard late in the game when they're probably sore and tired already. You may have just given them a second win that, that could lead to them getting their first win. We'll make it third and 20 now for Calvert. All back at their own 21. Trips out to the left, two receivers right. Schultz, the pressure, flings it down the field, and that'll be incomplete as he way overthrows Carter Wolf across the middle as that'll bring up fourth down with 3.51 to go. That went from a pretty solid start of a possession and a series for Calvert to a really bad Really, really bad Calvert possession there as we now have them have to burn a timeout. Timeout will be taken. Timeouts today are brought to you by Roto Order. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. And away go troubles. Down the drain. 351 remaining in this one. Calvert, the 14 to 12 lead again. This just gets our weekend of high school football started as we'll have action tomorrow night. Matt will be over at Van Buren as they play host to Foss Story. He'll be with the coach Tom Grind tomorrow on WFOB. And then I'll have action over in Bascom where Hopewell Loudon will host Carey in a, another former MAL matchup. We'll have that one right here on Classic Hits. And of course, stay tuned before the for the games for the NWO Orthopedics Psych-Up Show. And stay tuned in after for the NWO Orthopedics Scoreboard Show. Which, by the way, congratulations to the two newest additions to our broadcast booth and our broadcast team. Um, he's not with you tomorrow night but I believe starting the week after that, you have Jimmy Nicholson joining you for the games. That we will. And I have Trayvon Hastings as my new board operator and producer. As that will be booted away by Rombach. A good punt as it goes all the way back to about the 25, and then he picks it up, and Klaus will lay him right back down as he didn't call for the fair catch. So that is a perfectly legal hit by Billy Klaus with 3.41 to go and a near fatal decision from Kane Heyman as he had no business trying to pick that ball up. I know what he was trying to do. I know what he was thinking. Get that thought out of your head as fast as possible. That, that is the little shoulder devil on your shoulder saying, yeah, you can outrun him. He's only a foot in front of you. You can outrun him. That's, don't listen to him. That's just going to get you hit. 341 remaining in this one. 14 to 12. Your score, Calvert with the lead, but Mohawk now will take over possession. We're back at their own 24 yard line to start out this drive. See two receivers out to the left. Over back there in the shotgun. He'll take the snap. He'll roll to his left and then eventually hand it off on the little delayed handoff. And now get out to about the 27 for a gain of three. Phenomenal job by the Calvert defense, not biting on that fake, being able to get that end around, maintain it, did a very good job with that. Uh, we definitely have a player down on the field for Calvert. Hopefully it's just another Charlie Horse situation. And it is. 3.31 remaining here in this one, 14 to 12 is your score. Calvert with the two point lead. Again, Matt, this has been, you know, certainly a week one game because we've seen plenty of mistakes, but plenty of good things as well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, both teams can take a lot away from this game that they like. 
I, I mean, defensively for Calvert, you got to feel pretty good about the, your ends. You got to feel good about your outside contain. You got to feel pretty decent about your second level defense. I mean, obviously they gave up the big touchdown pass from to Heyman, but by the same time, you've seen Schumacher make some nice pass breakups. You've seen some good stuff downfield from an offensive perspective. You definitely have a thunder-lightning combo between Warnament and Brombeck. And if one of them's kind of down, you have another back that you can go to. Schultz has been deceptively athletic running the ball. So, I mean, that's one where you got to kind of be happy that he might have that in his wheelhouse as well. Um, outside of the really bad helmet-to-helmet block that we saw from Schumacher, we've been seeing amazing blocking in the open field from the Calvert wide receivers. And honestly, the same from the Mohawk from the wide receivers. Now, from a Mohawk perspective, honestly, I'm on cloud nine if I'm Coach Daniel because there was not too many people that predicted that they were going to hang with Calvert tonight, let alone actually be in a position where they might be able to win this game. So I, I give them a lot of credit. You, you got to feel great about Bogner. You got to feel pretty good about uh, Bish and Heyman as your receiving combo. And defensively, very fundamentally sound. A lot to like. A lot to like for both of these teams. And we're about to get back to the action, but, I mean, we were talking with a couple of different uh, reporters, other broadcasters at halftime. Everybody's picking in the N10. They're all picking Carey. They're picking Crawford. They're picking Seneca East. Mohawk is saying, hey, don't forget about us. I'll say this much. It might still be Carrier Crawford's conference. I wouldn't sleep on Mohawk, though. Bogner will take it on second and seven as he'll roll to his left, but going to run right into the Calvert defensive line for no gain. Especially if Bogner's develop continues, and he continues to develop, continues to build up confidence in the passing game, continues to build up confidence in tucking and running, committing to that decision earlier. I wouldn't want to play Mohawk. They, they're a well-coached team. They're looking good tonight. Third down and eight now for Mohawk. Bogner going to drop back. He'll look to throw. He'll pump fake. He'll roll to his right. He'll go down the field as that is incomplete as that was sent off a couple different players. We're falling incomplete as that brings up fourth down for Mohawk with 2.42 left to go. Yeah, and I like what Bogner tried to do there, but he threw that into quadruple coverage. There's confidence. There's bravado. And then there's just a bad read. That was a bad read. And obviously at this point, you have to go for it. Offense, of course, will stay on the field. Fourth and eight for Mohawk. Bogner going to roll to his left. He'll look down the field. So get away from a few defenders. Run through another and gets a first down or a little more as he will not let Mohawk go away quietly just yet as they get the first down with 2.33 to go. And here's where stars are made. This is where stars are made at the high school level. Thursday night, two and a half to go in the game. You're down by two. You need that first down. You pick up a first down and five more yards for good measure. Great play. First and send for Mohawk from the 39. Boker going to fake it, going to go with the draw. He'll go up the middle, gets away from one line of defense, not from the next. So he's able to gain about three. And the one coach for Mohawk is trying very hard to appeal to the official. 
eight, they lower their head as they hit Bogner. They're, they're trying to use their helmets as weapons as they're going in. I see why he's arguing it. By the same token, they were all going down at the same time. That was just bad timing. Second down and seven for Mohawk. Another keeper for Bogner, this time left side. Gets a nice little head of steam and again gets another first down. Gets into Calvert territory. And on the back of Ben Bogner will get into the Seneca's land as they'll get out to about the 44. They still have two timeouts. I, if I'm them, I think about using one here in a moment, but not yet on this play. Enjoy the momentum. See if you can get another play here with Bogner. Maybe get something downfield a little bit more. And we're going we're gonna to see what happens here. First and 10 for Mohawk. Bogner will drop back. He'll look to throw. Has some time across the middle. Throws it through the needle. And that is going to be caught by Braden Chester as he gets out to about the 28-yard line. 112 left to go. Calver the two-point lead. But Mohawk is driving right down the field. Bogner is turning himself into a star right now. Great play, great read, good catch by Chester, but an impressive throw in through coverage. Under a minute left to go now. Bogner gonna go and look to throw, he'll roll to his right. He'll fling it near side, it's caught, but did he stay in bounds? Yes, he did. As he'll get out to right around the 20 yard line as we get down to 49 seconds to go. And. Just heard someone else up here say it. Far more important than that, Kane Heyman stepped out of bounds. You just saved a timeout. Phenomenal job by Heyman getting out of bounds. Second and about three coming up for Mohawk. Two receivers out to the left, one out to the right. Bogner by himself, Cooper by design. He'll go right side, Wolf first on the scene as Calvert will drag him back. Forward progress though, gets him very close to a first down. I say that might require a measure there. I think that's exactly what we're stopping for. I uh, know Mohawk did call one of their timeouts. It did, okay. 42 seconds remain in this one. Two point lead for Calvert, 14 to 12. Mohawk is in dangerous territory, at least for the Senecas. It's second down and short coming up, and actually third down and short rather, and we'll see what uh, Mohawk's able to draw up. It's been a lot of Ben Bogner and Ben Bogner. Do you stay with that or do you try something different? Asa, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Thank you. I, I, I think at this stage, you have a timeout left. Bogner has been consistently getting positive yards, but by the same token, you got to imagine Calvert is anticipating it going to Bogner that it's they're almost expected at this stage what i would love to see and i don't know if it's truly in his arsenal at this point of his development but he's very much so like you said he's been kind of telegraphing some of the plays not every single play but a good especially when it's a qb keeper you seem to know pretty quickly it's a qb keeper if he can do like a fake of that where he like fakes like he's gonna go and then drop back almost like a, a qb fake run like that that could be something to try he will, though, keep it himself on the right side. Get away from one line of defense and be caught from behind by Bagnet. Zeke gets down past the 15, now with 36 seconds left to go. And they're telling him to get up to the line and spike it. Oh, no, they're actually going to run it because they did get the clock to stop for a bit for the first down. Under 30 seconds left to go. First and 10 now from the 14. Ogner rolling out to his left. Crossing back, now rolling back. He's got a right. 
He's gonna look, he's gonna roll his down and gets past the 10, just out to about the nine, but he stayed in bounds. So it looks like we'll see a timeout taken now with 14 seconds, and yes, we will as Mohawk takes another timeout. Also oh, got that's, also got a, that's a tall player beat. down with a, with a cramp. Yeah, definitely a cramp situation as they'll walk it off, or at least attempt to. All the way down to the nine yard line though with 14 seconds to go. Calvert the two point lead, but Mohawk now inside the 10. Okay, I didn't expect this for Thursday night week one opening game. Well, My well the last two Thursdays, it's been, you know, fairly decisive wins for both teams. Calvert won 26 to nine a year ago. Mohawk won, I think it was 33 to seven two years ago here. So it usually hasn't been this close when it was all said and done. Yeah, usually we're starting to make jokes and kind of do our usual bits in a runaway type of situation. And now it's actually a great game. It's a phenomenal game. Nice little, uh, nice little appetizer for tomorrow. Yeah, I'll say for for anyone that was hoping that it'd be a good broadcast season, I was among them. This is a great start. This is a phenomenal start to the season. Doesn't get a whole My lot goodness. better. Doesn't get a whole lot better than this. No, no, it doesn't. Not every day that you get to use that line to actually apply. I know. <laughs> That's why I had to use it. Second, I'm pretty sure you owe that guy a quarter, though, now. Second down and about five for Mohawk from the nine. Two receivers each side. Bogner rolling to his right, looking to throw. He'll throw. It's caught. Did he catch it? In the end zone for the Mohawk touchdown with nine seconds to go. I do believe, though, there was a flag in that corner of the end zone. We'll have to wait and see what that was. Now we're going to find out. Oh, no. They're calling pass interference against Mohawk. Offensive pass interference. Oh, no. Oh, you can't make that call under 10 seconds to go in a game. That You just injected yourself directly into the game. Oh, wow. So that's going to drop him way back, and we're now all the way down to just nine seconds remaining. You real? I'm sorry. I know it's week one. Unless it is so blatant, you have to call it. You don't call that type of penalty with 10 seconds left in the game. You just don't. Especially when they've been chippy this entire game. And now we're going to have Calvert take a timeout with just nine seconds to go. 14 to 12 your score as Calvert now looks more comfortably like they're going to hang it on as Mohawk was able to get all the way down to the nine yard line. Bogner was able to roll to his right, create some time, gets it into the end zone for the touchdown. Saw the flag come and didn't know what it was and turns out to be offensive pass interference and brings Mohawk now all the way back to about the 24. It is worth noting, Lawn Snapper and Holder are warming up on the sideline for Mohawk. Unless they have a different kicker than has been doing the PATs, we would need to see something get very close to have that be a chance. Because the, well, the, one, the one PAT we saw them try 
was no good, and it wasn't because it was Correct. blocked. Yeah, so maybe contingency. And that's just and that's just the realities for a lot of these Division Seven teams. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but maybe contingency plan. Maybe you don't get all the way in. Maybe you're at like the two or something well, with right. a couple seconds left. So now it'll be second down and 18. Mohawk all the way back at about the 24. Two receivers out to the left, one out to the right. Bogner in the gun. He'll take it, he'll roll to his left. He'll look to throw. Has some time, now down to two. Time is going down, it's caught. A flag comes in. Don't know if they had time. I think he Clock was shows zeros. And Calvert celebrating like it's over. Waiting for the official signals from the ref. There was a flag down on the far side. Calvert though celebrating like it's done. Illegal forward pass. So that will do it for this one for what has been a very interesting back and forth. Calvert will come out winners 14 to 12 and win this week one Thursday night affair. Oh man, I really don't know how to feel about this. I mean, great effort by Calvert. Good game for Calvert. Definitely some things that you like. Definitely some things to take away from this one. Those refs injected themselves in this game at the absolute worst time. You, you can't have it be an aggressive, chippy, back-and-forth game. I mean, you really could have called offsetting penalties on that touchdown pass. Like, you really could have. I, I mean, and both teams going back and forth. You've seen a lot of hard hitting. They didn't call anything at those points. You didn't see any pass interferences called earlier in the game when guys like Schumacher or Heyman were still making contact as they were going up for the ball. That's just, oh, that frosts me. We, we just had a great game robbed from us at the end of it there by the officials. So with that, we'll set aside Hi. for a quick time. We'll come back and wrap this one up here for Mohawk. Again, your final score, 14-12. to 12. Calvert getting the win tonight over Mohawk. You've been listening to High School Football in Colaskett 96.7 WBBI. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open. This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. 
So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to nwwsd.org. Are you thinking about new flooring for your home? Snyder's Floor Covering Outlet in Bettsville is here for you. You can either come to our store or they can bring the samples to you with many new carpet and vinyl styles and colors in stock. Snyder's also offers 12-month financing and no charge measuring and estimates. Call today, 986-5599. That's 986-5599. Stop in and see our newly renovated showroom. Thank you for continuing to support Snyder's Floor Covering. Snyder's Floor Covering. No job too big or too small. Snyder's does it all. At Blanchard Valley Health System, we're looking for individuals to join our family of professionals. We require compassion, dedication, and the desire to make a difference in a fast-paced healthcare environment. Jobs are available in clinical and support services. We offer competitive wages and benefits. The culture of BVHS is unique and rewarding. Visit bvhealthsystem.org backslash careers to search our current openings. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. We know what it takes. We've done it all. At Five Star Maintenance and Construction, we built our crew on the foundation of dedication, hard work, and pride. Pride in a job well done that exceeds our clients' expectations and is executed with precision from start to finish. Welcome to Five Star Maintenance and Construction. We have been a leader in the industry of property preservation and construction management in Northwest Ohio. Each division of Five Star has a seasoned team to tackle even the most challenging property preservation and a dedicated on-site property manager for each property. Five Star Maintenance. We know what it takes. Back we are here from Mohawk, your site for today's Thursday night action to kick off the high school football season. Calvert comes away with a 14-12 win over Mohawk. It's Morris Matt Common here with you on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI online through WBBI.com. And Matt, I mean, we talked about it a handful of times. Momentum early on was with Calvert. They were able to get the first points of the game on the board. And then shortly thereafter, a pick here, a pick there. Things started to be flowing more in the direction of Mohawk, and then Calvert able to get a big couple fortunate grabs to get the other touchdown on the board to take what ultimately became a 14 to 12 win. But the, the fight we saw really from Mohawk and just how they were able to do things, you know, particularly Ben Bogner stood out and he'll be our player of the game, and we'll talk about him in just a moment as well. But I mean, for, like you said, a team that has been very much discounted in the Northern 10 after a few down years, they showed that they might not win all of these games. They're certainly not going away without a fight. Well, let's be perfectly clear here. Mohawk lost this game because the officials decided that they were going to lose this game. That, that should have been offsetting penalties. I, just, just to call it as it is. Uh, this is not a knock on Calvert. This is week one. There's a lot of good things to take away from this if you're Calvert. And more importantly, if you're Calvert, you still made a good play at the end there to wrap it up. I mean, that the play beforehand was the touchdown that got called back. But they did a great job defensively on that what was the true last play of the game. So I, I don't want anyone to think out there – like, I'm trying to dog on Calvert and thing like that. They had a good game. There's a lot to like. But if I'm an N10 team, I'm scared of Mohawk. Because if you don't take them seriously, they will jump out on you. They will come out strong. They will come out firing all cylinders. And they did a really good job tonight. I, there's a lot that you have to like for both of these teams. And at the end of the day, it's a rivalry game. 
the, the Mohawk Calvert. That's a classic rivalry game, and it showed tonight. It got chippy. There was a lot of back and forth. There was some John between the two teams. There were some hard hits. We saw a helmet get dislodged by about 15 yards on a illegal helmet-to-helmet hit. And the game came down to aggressive play in the end zone that the officials decided at that point they were finally going to call. So it is what it is. But, yeah, if you're a team in the N10, don't consider this an easy get throughout the season going against this Mohawk squad. And if you're a team in the SBC, you now realize that you have to throw the whole kitchen sink at Calvert to actually come away with not just an opportunity to win, but to be in a position to win. So there, there's some other things that happen. I mean, to be honest, Mohawk had two missed extra points. They missed the first extra point, and they missed the two-point conversion. In reality, this probably should have been a 14-14 to game, and we're still playing football right now. So uh, there, there's a few little moments here and there throughout this game that decided it in favor of Calvert. But Mohawk did have to throw everything they had at Calvert to even be in that position. So if you're a team in the SBC, if you're listening to this thinking, oh, maybe Calvert's down, maybe they're not really that good, maybe they're a team that we can beat, you don't want to think that. You definitely don't want to think that this is a very talented, capable team. And both these teams really showed top stuff tonight, especially for week one. I mean, my goodness, usually these games, just to call them as there is, they're usually rough. Week one to week two usually are pretty rough. It's usually that week three game where the teams finally start to get their legs under them. Here, here's what I believe I saw, and I could be completely off base. This is my guess. My guess is Calvert had scripted their first 10-ish, however many plays. I know teams typically try to do that. They scripted those plays, and those plays they did awesome. Offense started off really well. They were running, they were passing, then they hit a snag when they got near the red zone. It seems like from then on, it was more guessing than, oh, let's run this, let's do this, let's so on and so forth. And it, I think that's something that is going to have to be addressed as the season progresses. And like you said, week one, this kind of stuff happens in week one. That's why you start the season the way you start the season. But if they can you know, take that, obviously you can't script the whole game before the game happens. You Things happen. That's how football is. But that's going to be something that I think can change the ultimate trajectory of this Calvert team because if they can get that figured out, it's like I said off the rip, when the offense was working as they were to start, they can beat anybody you put in front of them. Well, and the real catch is for that one, a football's a hard game to ad-lib. Oh, yeah, you, of course. You, you don't really improvise a game of football. You really got to come in with a strategy. You got to adjust that strategy on the fly. But even still, that's it's not ad lib. It's you have plan B, you have plan C. All the way to plan double Z is kind of what you do in those situations. So for Calvert, I will agree. There might be a bit of an issue with them not necessarily having improvisation where they can adjust in the moment. It seems like they're a little more regimented than what we saw with Mohawk, which for Mohawk, that worked out for them. They were able to kind of ad-lib, kind of go with the hot hand at particular times, and it worked for them. For Calvert, I agree with you. I do think they need to get a little bit more comfortable with the idea of, oh, someone has a hot hand. A side has a hot side. 
we, we were calling for them to the right side for the last two and a half quarters. They finally do. That's when they start to get momentum offensively. It's they, they just seem like they were very content, content and focused on running particular things tonight. And you can get away with that in week one. You can kind of get away with it in week two. Week three, that's going to be a loss. Week four is going to be a loss. So for Calvert, there's a lot to like. you got to get some improv in there. And if you're Mohawk, you got to ease the aggression back a little bit. Yes, I disagree with that call in the end zone, 100%. I think the officials got it wrong. You let them play rough all night, you don't call it with 10 seconds left. But by the same token, if you're Mohawk, you don't play that aggressively in the open field to put yourself in a position where they can make that call. If the game is being determined by whether or not an official makes a call or not, you still haven't done enough to win. It's as simple as that. So a lot to like. Calvert survives. Calvert moves to 1-0. If I'm every coach in the N10, I make sure I bring it in practice any week that you're going against Mohawk because if your team sleeps on them at all, you're going to lose to this team. They, they are a very, very talented team. That'll just about do it for us today, but before we go, we have to award our Frickers player of the game and you know a couple candidates on each side, but ultimately Mohawk's not in this game without the performance we get from Ben Bogner. And because of that, he's going to be our player of the game today. Mohawk shut out if they don't have Ben Bogner. It's as simple as that. Um, Mohawk isn't in a position to try and get that touchdown at the end of the game without Ben Bogner. So it doesn't happen often. I mean, it's kind of a Randy White situation from you know, the Super Bowl MVP type of situations. But, yeah, I agree. Ben Bogner absolutely is our fricker the game there were other good candidates other equally capable candidates out there but at the end of the day for tonight mohawk does not even remotely compete in this game without ben bogner and that makes him our frickers player of the game big up from the carryo window dine in or get delivery through doordash download the frickers app find them online at frickers.com and ben bogner will receive some fun bucks to spend at any frickers around the state so again, thank you for listening to our coverage here of high school football on Classic at 96.7 WBVI online through WBVI.com. A big thank you as well to our producer for tonight, pushing all the buttons, making sure we're heard on Classic at 96.7 WBVI and online through WBVI.com. Bart Wilson back at the Tri-County Broadcasting Studios doing, of course, absolutely doing the Lord's work. Did a great job. I'm looking forward to tuning in tomorrow for the Psych Up show and then for the scoreboard show. Bart does a great job with those two. He, he, he's phenomenal. We are very, very lucky to have him. And if, like you said, don't miss our coverage of high school football tomorrow. It'll all get started at 6 o'clock with the NWO Orthopedics Psych Up show from the Fricker Studios. Bart Wilson, Trayvon Hastings will preview all the games for week number one. Tomorrow night on Classic Hits, we'll have a matchup between Hopewell and Carey. We'll have that right here on Classic Hits 96.7. Over on WFOB, we'll have coverage of Fall Story as they head down around 6.13 to take on Van Buren. Com and Tom Grine will have that one tomorrow night on WFOB. Then, of course, stay tuned following the games for the NWO Orthopedics Scoreboard Show from the Fricker Studios where Bart Wilson and Drayvon Hastings will recap all the games for week one once all those games have wrapped up. From my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off here from Mohawk. Thank you for listening to our coverage of high school football and classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. One final time, Calvert comes away with the win, 14-12 over Mohawk. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your night, everybody.
What time is it? Sadly, we're out of time. Yes, you've been listening to High School Football. Right here on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and online at WBVI.com. And it's been brought to you by... Frickers, Warner Automotive, Blanchard Valley Health System, by Rotor Rooter, Bigby Coffee, Iron Workers Local 55, by Harold Floriana Funeral Hall, Northwestern Water and Sewer District, Wilson Tire, by Grit, MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank, by Campus Poly Eyes, Financial Design Insurance Agency, Snyder's Flooring Outlet, by Ohio Automotive Supply, Seneca Millwork, and by the Ropey Corporation. Anyway, one last item of business before we go. Join us again next time for another great matchup of high school football. A production of TCB Holdings Incorporated.